Jack, Levi. The Book Club from Hell. Hello, everyone. This is Jack with The Book Club from Hell, a self-help podcast for the scrotally deranged. Female dating strategy is an online movement seeking to improve the romantic lives of women and one that has attracted the ire of such august groups as adherents of the red pill, pickup artists, and brain cells. Existing as a subreddit and later as its own standalone website, female dating strategy ruffled scrotes by proposing that women hold men to higher standards in relationships, that they seek high-value men over low-value men, cultivate queen energy, weed out undesirables using a matrix of red flags, and, most controversially of all, that men pay for dinner dates. Levi and I read the Female Dating Strategy Handbook for this episode, a roughly 200-page collection of this movement's best posts, as compiled by Moira Spice. I've heard that female dating strategy teaches misandry and impossibly high romantic standards, but, having read this primer, I can't really agree with that. The advice, while very stridently put, is largely sensible. Mandatory shilling time. If you like what we're doing with this podcast and want to support us, we have a Patreon account, the link to which is in the show notes. People on Patreon can access the notes I make for episodes, so if you want more information on the books or manifestos we've covered, you can find it there. Additionally, I've published a novel called Tower, which you can find on Amazon or on Apple Books, links also in the show notes. So, if you want to vomit up those red and black pills and take the queen pill instead, then listen on. Enjoy. I was hoping there'd be more dating theory stuff. <laughs> There's very little. Yeah. There's some dating theory stuff, except it's almost... It's, it's more about Dude. how to organise things such that the man has to think about dating theory a lot. Yeah. For, from the perspective of female dating strategy, a woman kind of... A woman exists and is high value... And on the basis of that, a man has to learn about how to get good at dates. And so yeah. a woman a woman cultivates queen energy and receives. <laughs> it kind of summarizes it. <laughs> get that queen energy going. <laughs> get that queen energy. Yeah. So should we um, talk about why why did we pick <laughs> this book? <laughs> why did you pick this book, Jack? I picked this one because I was looking for something easy to cover this week, and Female dating strategy achieved briefly very, very minor Reddit notoriety, which which means it's just not not a particularly relevant social movement, nor a particularly relevant online movement. <laughs> However, it ruffled it's enough like feathers anti-work. of people. Yeah, anti ruffled enough feathers <laughs> of people whom I don't really respect. That is to say brain cells and the red r slash the red pill kind of people that i thought it might be brain cells brain cells i haven't looked at them in a while i think on reddit there have been a succession of like black pill or incel subreddits that keep getting banned and they keep having to come up with new ones and at the very least at the time (laughs) of writing of a number of the chapters in this book the female dating strategy handbook Brain cells was the latest of of those incel subreddits. Gross. Yeah, this handbook has such powerful Reddit energy. It really shows that being a redditor <laughs> cuts across gender. Uh, <laughs> this is just such a Reddit book. It's extremely just Reddit. <laughs> Reddit is weird, Reddit. isn't it? It's 
It's got its own weird kind of culture. Weird is a very generous way of describing Reddit. Because there's there's obviously subreddits with mm. their own subculture. Like, yeah. obviously, the Red Pill subreddit is different to the FDS subreddit. But then there's this weird kind of pan subreddit Reddit yeah, culture. Pan Redditness. That I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It's kind of like a, um, it's kind of soft core degeneracy. <laughs> I don't know how mm-hmm. to put it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a lot of woke. There's definitely, I'd say, I, I don't know that. I don't know the core pathology behind Reddit brain, but <laughs> the core you pathology. can definitely describe the syndrome because <laughs> there are certain there are certain characteristics that when they appear syndromically, you think, yeah, this is this is of Reddit. This is a Reddit by a Redditor of Reddit. <laughs> One of the most common ones. So b- besides their writing style, because there's a consistent prose style, they're writing according to the Reddit style guide of lots and lots of paragraphs. When they want to emphasize something, they'll put a full stop behind each word. No capitalizations of the words after the full stop. That's very important. <laughs> the, the Reddit humble brag cuts across race, class, gender, political <laughs> What's, ideology. Can you give us an example of the, the Reddit humble brag? Do you have one? There are even Reddit um, humble brags in the female dating strategy handbook. It's where <laughs> I think in one of these, a person was talking about how she, oh, she, she doesn't want to brag. But I think it was with respect to men not answering the phone quickly enough or not not responding to her messages quickly enough and that being a red flag, which means that she will immediately stop associating with a man who doesn't respond to her messages within some arbitrarily defined time period. And she was saying like- Four hours. I work 70 to 80 hours per week. I go to the gym. I'm just (laughs) crushing that. I take care of myself. I'm crushing that. I've got lots of friends. Everyone loves me. I'm crushing that. It's consistently <laughs> on Reddit. Someone will. She's like, I'm on the edge of having a nervous breakdown because I'm not sleeping enough, but I'm crushing that as to well. what they're meant to be talking about. But they'll just slip in a series of barely believable claims about their personal life and how well they're doing. Like in real life, when someone tells me how many hours. They work each week. I'll subtract 10 to 15 from it. When someone says I online how many hours they work each week, <laughs> I'm subtracting 20 to 30 hours. When, <laughs> when someone on Reddit says that they work 70 hours a week, they're, they may be working 40. <laughs> so I like, I was really, I was really open to um, FDS because it's so sort of open and I, I was both open but went in negative, which I'll come back to because I actually came out being positive towards FDS by the end of the read, by the time <laughs> um, Somewhat positive, at least. Um, I, would say, I came I out open to sympathetic, but I think that the, the amount of self-sabotage in this handbook is, <laughs> yeah. is impressive. So I liked, I, I was open to it because we covered a, a PUA book. Yeah. Uh, slash, yeah. Uh, well, it was a PUA slash red pilly sort of book. Mm. Uh, what do you remember the it was a female psychology something like that practical um, female psychology practical, practical female man. psychology yeah which was complete trash and <laughs> so I was like okay so we there's, there's surely got to be a um what do you say a, a female response to mm, mm. to red pill stuff to PUA stuff and on some level FDS is a response to it and so I was going in negative in that sense because i was just thinking 
all right, we're just going to have some essentially fet- like female version of red pill and i, I hate red pill stuff <laughs> yeah and it kind of is except it's also not it's a i think notwithstanding some of the self-sabotage stuff i actually think like they still manage to be just so much more reasonable <laughs> than a lot of the red pill yeah stuff. i would say they <laughs> so there, there there are three levels to comparing female dating strategy to the red pill at the first level it's oh this is it's this is when you know the least about it it's you go oh well it's just female red pill then when you dig a little mm. deeper you realize that's like the um aims, the, the, yeah sorry go oh uh, the the aims of the two are quite different so the red pill the aim is at least much of the time to have sex with as many women as possible Whereas the aim for <laughs> yeah, female dating so strategy dumb. is most of the time, again, it's prefacing all of this with it is an online community, which I think is mostly migrated off Reddit anyway. I think they have, they have their own website mm. now. They've got their own podcast mm. too, which is quite they fun. They went independent. To. Nice. Moira Spice. So the, the second level is seeing that they have different aims. They're, the aim of FDS is oftentimes to find a high value man and get him to commit to you and to-, to Relationship happily. almost. It's an on-ramp. Interrelation, but then there's the, the the bottom level of when you've of when you've spent enough time looking at female dating strategy, where you realise that the similarities between them and the red pill are actually very deep in terms of the type of person who who makes who who writes FDS articles or TRP articles on Reddit, and the the sort of person who consumes them. In that, both those groups at least from my my reading of them, both of those groups are predominantly people who have been hurt in relationships, are trying to work out why they've been hurt, how to prevent it from happening again, but haven't reached the point of being able to make themselves vulnerable again in a relationship. Both of these groups are, above anything else, I would say, attempts to try to minimise their ability to get hurt in a relationship and are characterized by extremely low trust and this ever-present paranoia that their their counterparty, the the other person in some sort of romantic relationship or pre-romantic relationship is trying to get one over on them or is trying to take advantage of them or is trying to hurt them. And they're they're devising strategies for how to how to mitigate that risk. At their mm. core, I would yeah. say they're actually coming from very similar places. While I think the the ultimate goal, or at least the stated goal of female dating strategy, to find a nice person who makes you happy and to settle settle into a long term relationship with that person is much healthier than the red pills aim of just having meaningless sex with a lot of people. It's it's still approached in such a way that much of the time, I think that you you're just going to sabotage yourself if you follow this advice. Particularly the 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 almost mechanical adherence to red flags, and just immediately dropping yeah. someone if they if they display red flags. Which even in say one individual article, they'll say, "Oh, a red flag is he responds to your messages too quickly because." 
this means he's a fuckboy because he's messaging like 10 other women at the same time. He's just flicking between different conversations. This way he responds so quickly. Another red flag is that he, he responds too slowly because that means he's also seeing many other women and because he's just busy having sex with lots of other women, he's not going to respond to you. That's just terrible advice. <laughs> it's just absolutely awful <laughs> advice. <laughs> so, so And in it comes summary, back to what I was saying earlier about how this is maybe the defining feature of female dating strategy and red pill is extremely low trust. Low trust, self-sabotage. Trust. So, mm. so in, in summary, it's the, you know, that midwit meme, like the bell curve and on the left, yeah. you've got <laughs> yeah, yeah. the dumb dumb and on the right, you've got the genius and they come to the same conclusion with this. It's like the dumb dumb says, uh, female dating strategy is just female red pill. And then the midwit is like, oh, actually, there's meaningful differences in the goals between the two groups. And then, and then <laughs> the Jedi master is just like, female dating strategy is, in fact, just female red pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, and the more I read it, the more I thought these, these are sort of the same sorts of people just adhering to different gender roles. Adhering to different gender yeah. stereotypes, and yeah. I, I, I do think if if I was, if I had hypothetically, if I had a female friend who was getting into FDS and a male friend who was getting into red pill, I would be less concerned about the female friend, and I'd probably try to address. Yeah, well, because I, I think apart that from anything else, a lot you don't get the the concerningly like, sotto voce pro rape. Things that you yeah, in female dating yeah. strategy that you get in red pill. I I I think one of the key defining differences between the two groups, which I'd love to hear your response to, um, because you might view it differently to me, but I I do get a sense that there's a lot of um misogyny and chauvinism in red pill and PUA <laughs> does stuff say. to the point of like actual just like really deep deep hatred of women whereas like i don't know at least from just reading this particular book i got the sense that there was a lot of hurt and anger but i didn't necessarily feel as though there was hatred towards men just like these are women who are who are dealing with like some pretty terrible relationship situations such as like domestic violence or cheating or whatever but i don't know they even have a section at the end where they talk about you know when we don't hate men we're just like you know, a lot of women don't know how to essentially like advocate for themselves in their relationships and we need women to support each other, all that sort of thing. And I didn't yeah. really get the sense of like hatred. Um, whereas and I def and misandry was so I definitely got that in different parts of the red red pill sphere. Yeah, it really depends on which author wrote which article yeah. in this handbook. Yeah, true. So actually for for listener context, which <laughs> We're really good at this, providing lots of context up front rather than after like 15 minutes of the episode. Sorry. This book is it's a compilation of, <laughs> Us not giving of articles posted by female dating strategy members and compiled by Moira Spice with some minor alterations made, such as spelling corrections, etc. And some, yeah. some of the people who are regular posters are... Again, with, with um, I don't know if I'd call it hatred or not, but mm. with some of them, they're obviously extremely angry. There's particular, particularly yeah, one called Modern Medusa, angry. 
whose yeah. every article struck me as deeply, deeply angry. My assumption is that this this has come from a life event or a succession of life events that involve just awful romantic partners. So you can, yeah, you can see justification supporting there. supporting other women. Who are, yeah, who are dealing but with. I don't know if I'd say it crosses over into misandry, but it's it's very close. And at the same time, yeah. when talking about the so the the ultimate similarities between this and red pill, many red pill people seem deeply wounded by some sort of uh, presumed romantic problems in their past because it's just not a normal mm. thing in the case of red pill mm. to be mm. using to sort of rabbit hole yourself into this insular online community start using that community's weird lingo to describe mm. situations mm. that are obviously not making these people happy and are probably not true mm. as well but when they're talking about how oh, i had sex with eight different women that I met for the first time last week. And this is in between me working 100 hours a week as the super-duper CEO of CEOs at my multi-billion dollar company that you've never heard of. It, <laughs> it's that too. That, yeah. The Red Pill definitely has a lot of misogyny, but much of it, if you read between the lines, seems to come from a very similar place to to female dating strategy anger. It mm. seems to be they've been hurt in romantic relationships and don't know how to get back to the point of being able to be vulnerable again and so construct these seeming caricatures of what they think the ideal per the the ideal man or woman in a romantic relationship looks like. Mm. In the case of mm. the red pill, it's this hypermasculine, extremely muscular very confident, dismissive, rude man who will have emotionless sex with large numbers of women and completely ignore their emotional needs. In the case of female dating strategy, it's this caricature of almost a millennial girl boss who's crushing it at work, has a huge number mm. of friends, is emotionally unavailable to me, almost robotic when it comes to dating men. She's just <laughs> able to switch off her emotions and using Terminator vision, just evaluate the man according to objective criteria. It's how wealthy is he? How much did he pay for the date? How tall is he? How attractive is his face? How much is he bone smashed? How much piss is he drinking? So the, those last two are just from, from readings for the book club from hell, just what I assume women are into. Both of them this is the book club from hell to this cartoonish caricature of what they think men and women should be. Yeah. I think the, so the morphological similarities between <laughs> these two mo movements are strikingly similar. Um, before we get um, too much, I guess we can. So for listeners, we're going to sort of talk about um, broad themes, but there's a number of sections in the book. And so the book is split up into sections and each section is split up into chapters and the sections are roughly the themes that we're going to go over rather than a chapter by chapter. Um, and one of the things to note about this book is that at least the version that we read is not finished. It says at the beginning, this is a first edition, there's maybe going to be later editions or whatever. 
Um, and another thing to note is that it's a compilation of posts, as Jack mentioned, that has been edited and compiled by a pseudonymous author, uh, Morris Spice, who's one of the, I suppose, leaders in the FDS, F, female, yeah, FDS uh, community. Um, but it's been, there's a lot of, a lot of the contributors are contributing multiple posts. So um, yeah, yeah. Almost, almost all of the people yeah. who appear here appear multiple times. Yeah, so I've got uh, some of the authors who are, these are all their um, Reddit handles. So Velvet Knuckle Duster, Modern Medusa, the OG Jammies, uh, the OG Jammies, Average to Hot, uh, Platty Ups Committee. I don't know what a Platty Up is. A Queen Crowned. Uh, an honourable mention to uh, somebody called Lady Hormone Monster, which I like. There might be other authors who <laughs> picked up along the, along the way. Um, and so what's interesting about this book is that it's, it's a distillation of what appeared on the FDS subreddit up until the point that this was published. So with the caveat that we're not necessarily talking about the subreddit itself, although we might refer to it sometimes. And I think that's important because subreddits can be extremely like the comment section and stuff in reply replies to different posts can become like fairly toxic and pretty like yeah well, it's pretty nasty it's full of redditors and when yeah. i say capital R redditors i do, there's a qualitative distinction between someone who goes on reddit and a redditor <laughs> those are two different <laughs> things and the comment sections often full of redditors <laughs> and so this the the handbook doesn't have like all of those replies and stuff it's just mm. um it doesn't it doesn't have all that other stuff that, that comes with it um so the handbook m kind of might be considered them putting their best foot forward or the distillation of yeah what they well, think almost from and they're not they're not including a lot of maybe some of the more potentially toxic stuff from the online mm. community itself. That's At the same to... time, though, because it's interesting you bring that up, the fact that th this is what they consider or, you know, what one mm. member of the community, mm. presumably supported by other members of the community, consider yeah. to be putting their best foot forward is itself illustrative in that they don't include <laughs> yeah, a yeah, lot of the more yeah, toxic, yeah. like, oh, fuck men, I hate scrotes. Yeah, they, that they don't include the that, and that scrotes. is telling. Whereas a bunch of PUA <laughs> or red pill books... Include the toxic stuff like that. That is what they consider they, they, putting they, the best foot they forward. They think it's really good. <laughs> it's in, in there. Yeah. So at the very least, Moro Spice has better judgment than the three stooges who wrote Franco female psychology. <laughs> Franco <laughs> <Seduction>. <laughs> I've got to say the the pseudonyms in this are much better than PUA pseudonyms. Fucking oh, way better, mystery. way better. Oh, Franco seduction. Way better, way better. I really liked uh, Lady Hormone Monster. <laughs> really some good, even Moira Spices is a good, is a good pseudonym. I assume it's a it's pseudonym. Just, okay, so there's no way most of, most of the pseudonyms name. are just neutral in that I remember them, they don't elicit strong feelings, whereas most PUA pseudonyms elicit a disgust response in me. I just, I just feel like groaning <laughs> when I hear them. Franco. Franco seduction. Franco seduction. So looking through my notes, one, one comment to, another comment to preface this that, so that I really prefaces. noticed about so female dating strategy is much of what they talk about, it's actually pretty tame advice that your parents probably should have told you 
in some way, but it's it's phrased in a very strident way that makes it sound mm. more revolutionary mm. than it actually is. Is that it, even just going through some of the um, some of average to hot, some of her her recommendations in the article, female dating strategies ideology. These are just it's pretty tame, sensible advice most of the time. Just I wonder if it's offered in a very strident way as almost a coping mechanism for feeling bad about some sort of emotionally hurtful event in their past where mm. you feel like you're, you're getting some sort of control if you're subscribing to this special secret that most people don't know about, but you know now, which means you're now emotionally protected, or at least you're on the mm. path no, towards I, being emotionally protected. I, would, I, I, I mean, I have a bit of a different view on it probably than yeah than you i suppose and i don't think it's just a matter of branding this is a matter of like i think so <laughs> just for people who haven't gone much levi law although i don't i don't think i've spoken about too much about my family on and i'm not going to speak too much about my family i'll just say for what it's worth like and uh like I've got a lot of sisters. <laughs> I've got mm. quite a few sisters, <laughs> and my my interactions with with them, uh, I'd say like, um, and just you know, obviously from female friends and stuff. There's this element that I think. Um, oh, uh, how do I put this? It's almost like that. I don't necessarily see men have this in the same way, um, which is like the sisterhood, the generalized mm. sisterhood of, like, there are certain things that, like, women need to support one another with that is not necessarily, like, appropriate for, say, like, say like domestic violence, for example. Like, obviously, it's, it's great um, that, like, say, if you're a man and, you know, of a female domestic violence victim that you can be supportive. But I also think there's always going to be um, a level of like um, only other women can provide kind of certain types of support mm -hmm. to women who have been victims of domestic violence. And as a man and as somebody who's supported um, female family members going through domestic violence, like I kind of understand that there's going to be some element that I can't really give this full level of um, support or I can try to empathize as much as possible, but I haven't been on the receiving end of the sort of like domestic and family violence that like a woman might have been. And um, not to say that men can't be the victims of domestic violence as well, but yeah, there's this kind of difference. Right. And I don't, I don't really have the words. For, yeah. There's, I don't really have the words for it, except like if you just spend time with women supporting one another and, and stuff, like I just can't, uh, I just can't uh, be what, say, like a, a woman needs in those sorts, sorts of situations, and I don't really think it's what um, a lot of a lot of men. I think if they haven't spent substantial amounts of time around women, can necessarily like detect, like, oh, there's this, this. It's like it's like there's like a lot of unspoken stuff that they don't even need to say to one another because <laughs> they just kind of like get that there's these there's these dynamics and stuff going on and i think some of that is being conveyed in the community where like they're not trying to um what would you say like they're not trying to make themselves um 
uh, approachable by men. They're not like that. It's purely for mm. women. They're trying to like just make this an online community that is um, purely advocating for for women who are going through these. Mm. Sorts and they're of, very like, upfront about that experiences, and they're very upfront, and they're not apologetic about it. And so they will just fully embrace what it means to like form this like online sisterhood and. For what it's worth, at least I read it through that lens of like, okay, this isn't really for me, and the this is directed towards women who have had varying levels of and very like diverse, but also somehow unified set of experiences around like toxic relationships, and hmm. they don't need to apologize or like try to make any caveats to like make it friendly for men to read. Like they're just going to do their thing, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> And so oh, I, I like all the stuff around like being a queen and like, you know, like standing, like, you know, it's kind of, it's like, it's a little bit cheesy when you sort of, <laughs> when I say it out loud, like, yeah, you go girl, get it queen. Like you be a queen, assert yourself, all this sort of stuff. You know, sometimes that's just what, what a young woman needs or well, not necessarily a young woman, but you know, like they just need to like pep each other up, you know, get in each other's corners and stuff. And I don't know if there's the same sort of dynamic between men. <laughs> That I see. No, well, I don't men, know if you men are much more. Sorry, that was a very English. long rambly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To what you were saying, it's I. I don't dispute that a lot of this seems to be useful advice. It was like I said earlier, a lot of this is actually fairly. It seems fairly sensible. It's just it. I guess it's a matter of degree. I think past a certain point, it looks like it will actually just start hurting people's stated desire to I don't know, find a long-term stable relationship with a nice person, but. Yeah. Much of it is sensible advice that if you've got a stable, like if you've got a good relationship with your parents, a lot of it seems to be what kind of your parents should have told you. It's like, yeah, most men probably aren't relationship material for you. It's if you're spending way, mu- way more time chasing him than he is spending chasing you, you're probably more into him than he is into you. A lot of, a lot of these things are yeah. like useful, practical tips. But probably also less revolutionary than, than I, at least the advertising around female dating strategy would have you believe. M- maybe some of that mm. is like you were saying earlier, that it's it's more them saying the quiet part out loud. Mm. Mm. The, these yeah. unspoken things that you said. Yeah, I, I do also think that maybe like running it through the filter of like a lot of people aren't necessarily okay. So. This isn't a subreddit or a community that's only for young women. However, I get the sense mm. that, like, I assume that they're predominantly women in their twenties and thirties. But by the time you get, yeah, a woman yeah, that was the impression. In their I sort got. of forties and fifties, that like they've had experiences, they've learned, and they might be the older women on, on the subreddit giving advice. But like the ones who really need to hear this tend to be like earlier in their life, and therefore having to like you know like having these early bad relationships <clears throat> and stuff. So um I, I yeah, how do I put this? Um I think a lot of people don't necessarily know what a healthy relationship is. And so like to hear mm. this stuff is actually revolutionary for them within the context of like mm. their relationship paradigms that they're aware of. So like maybe for people like us, like we've seen demonstrated like healthy relationships and and that sort of stuff. So it's like, yeah, or like, you know, like, you know, like we happen to be in a part of the world that's like fairly okay. 
but like definitely there's some other parts of the world that like there's like whole communities where like they don't have like together families and and stuff like i know just mm. like for my context like in aboriginal australia like there's a lots lots of parts of the country where there's like just high rates of like broken families and stuff and so like maybe for women in those sorts of communities or whatever like actually having somebody tell them like yeah you don't need to like take this sort of shit from a dude actually that is a big deal <laughs> like mm. i think there's a lot of women like a lot of young aboriginal women like that i wish i could kind of like maybe not this particular book but kind of these messages i'd be like yeah like you don't have to put up with this shit <laughs> yeah and like you, you are you are worth like um like having self-respect and all that sort of stuff and they actually grew up not having people tell them those sorts of things Whereas I definitely think, like, given that we went to, although it's not necessarily, like, a class thing, is it? But I definitely think that, like, we grew up in a situation, like, where we, when we went to uni and stuff, like, we were surrounded by, like, very strong, like, educated women who are doing all sorts of cool stuff, you know, like, yeah. in metropolitan Melbourne. <laughs> I do wonder, too, actually, with you bringing that up, it's, it's really hard because it is... It's it's on an internet forum, so you can't really collect reliable data on people's backgrounds. No, it's no, it's yeah. How many of these people would have a university education and things like that? Because it's Reddit, I just kind of assume that probably a lot of them do. Or this it began reads on Reddit. that way. It's now its own thing. It, it reads, reads like it's addressed to professionals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or professional types. Anyway, so those were just the caveats. Because the reason why I'm bringing these caveats in is because I went. For what it's worth, Jack, <laughs> like I went in kind of negative towards it, but then after reading it, I've come out positive. And it's partially because like I, like I grew up in a single parent household with my mum, like my mum raised us. And like a lot of the issues that they raise, I was like, oh yeah, like actually like if my mum had like supportive women around her when she was in her 20s, maybe she wouldn't have put up with some of the crap from my father mm. now i'm not gonna like sit here and like bash my father and stuff i've sort of moved on beyond a lot of that stuff except you know like some of the things were like you know don't one piece of advice was like don't hook up with a man if you don't think he's you know oh, it was like don't expect child support that's one of the things that's mm. like don't yeah. don't yeah. don't expect child support you know if you get pregnant there's no guarantee that you're gonna get pr- child support so don't i was like yeah well my father didn't pay any fucking child support. So, like, I was like, yeah, you shouldn't. And and the, so I was kind of coming in like very negative because I thought it was red pill. But by the end of it, I was like, actually, this is like highly relevant advice to somebody like um, uh, like maybe my mum when she was younger, <laughs> which I kind of wish that somebody had like helped her. Yeah. I'd say I was like, I'm slightly different, but the trajectory is similar. Yeah. In that, yeah. you know, like I went in, I went in somewhat sympathetic in that I feel a somewhat sympathetic to people in Red Pill in that I think they've, especially with Red Pill, like they've picked a solution to problems that is just completely unproductive mm. and or counterproductive. Mm. But a lot of them are lonely and unhappy. And I kind of assumed yeah. that that would be the case with yeah. female dating strategy. So I felt sympathy in that way. From now reading 200-odd pages of it, they're <laughs> significantly more practical than Red Pill in that, like you were saying, a lot of the advice here is actually just good advice. And if people haven't heard it, then 
it it is a value add. It's like you're not obliged to like men that you date just because they're dating you. Like, yeah, and you, you should have screen standards. people. It's you yeah, should, you it's should like, definitely. Have you should standards. have high standards. You're allowed to have high standards. It's like, yep, great. Like, if you haven't heard this before, this is fantastic advice. Definitely take and, it. Yeah, and some men I are fucking like, little scrotes. <laughs> it's like I'm t- not even. So, I'd, I'd say like, like scrote. I'm gonna start many are. I was disappointed that scrotes wasn't used more often because that was something. It only got like one of the few things I knew about FTS before coming in that they call men scrotes. Maybe that's more <laughs> in the comments underneath the articles. I was really disappointed that that only came up a few times. Probably the <laughs> the core of like where I think FDS is weaker is probably just because of internet dynamics in that you've got an mm, area where mm, people who have been mm. emotionally hurt all congregate. Mm. And then it's it's hard to tell the extent to which people rabbit hole themselves on this particular subreddit mm. slash online community. But if it's like other communities, probably a fair, a fair bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. If you get emotionally hurt people coming in and then kind of getting all of their advice from other people who've been emotionally hurt, you, you'll get yeah. good harm minimization strategies, which this definitely, definitely proposes. Yeah. But also it's, I guess it's just like knowing what you're getting. There's less talk about the upside. There is definitely some talk about the upside of being in a happy, committed relationship, but the mm. focus is very much on the negative stuff. And yeah, yeah, it is very. If this, it does is, have if this very is your one source of information, yeah. yeah. If this is your one source of information on it, which for for plenty of people who interact with FDS, it's probably not. For some, mm. it it might be. Then you're just going to get such a skewed view of human relationships. Mm. And I think the yeah the internet dynamics of it is probably where most of my problems with it come from. I think from. that's a really good point. I, and I would agree with, with you on that. There's strong negative valence and uh, in certain parts. Well, especially in the middle, mm. I'd say like um, Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, yeah, as you said, like um, you could, if you just use this as your main source of like dating advice, you'd probably end up having a very negative experience. In, in dating in mm. early relationships because you'd probably be going in so untrusting, presuming the worst of the person, people that you're dating and that sort of stuff. If if they could come out with a slightly more like positive generative spin on it, I guess, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like to what extent is this a problem, f- sort of a fundamental problem of female dating strategy? And to what extent is this... So, sort of what the consumer or the, the person reading this should be considering. So mm. Mm. is it fine for things to, to just focus on one aspect of the human experience? Yeah, it's fine. It's like female dating yeah. strategy, if you spend much time with it, it becomes fairly clear like what, it, what it's for. I'd say it's, it's good at p- proposing sol- solutions and also just pointing out pitfalls or things to be careful of in relationships. And it does that well. Yeah. And it like mm. that seems to be its purpose, or at least a large part of what it's doing. And it fulfills that. So it's not even my problem's not even necessarily now that I said out loud with female dating strategy. It's more that people should be careful not to only use this when it comes to, yeah. to informing themselves about relationships. Yeah. And yeah, I would yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. And that's not necessarily FDS's fault. 
like they're doing a thing and they can keep doing that thing. It's it's more based on yeah. the person reading it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I hope that well, you know, as you said, like people rabbit holing themselves. Like I'm sure there are people who they yeah. only and that FPS that is definitely not unique to, to FPS. Like that's an internet problem. No. You know, you you know, one of the interesting things about doing this podcast is like just forcing myself to read points of view that I disagree with. And you know, I was talking to a friend about a political issue and they strong have very strong opinions about it, uh, about gay marriage, and they're gay, so hmm. they're like, you know, obviously they voted yes in the gay marriage plebiscite in Australia, and very strong feelings about it, understandably. But I asked, have you, you know, what have you asked anybody who disagrees with you, like what they think, you know, the various reasons, rather than just assuming that they're bigoted, like there might be more sophisticated reasons than just assuming that they're bigoted, you know, and he just said like no. No, I'm, I'm not even interested in having mm. that conversation. I don't even want to talk to them. Like, if they voted no, they're a bigot. I don't want to talk to them. And I, I just think that, like, that sort of attitude towards complex issues is, well, it kind of limits you to what you can, the, the ideas that you can occupy. And mm. um, and you can't even occupy those ideas very well if you don't even know why you believe them. Yeah, and the, the scope of ideas that you can engage with and with rabbit holing, if somebody spends all their time on FDS, I would imagine that you could end up with an extremely negative view of men, extremely untrust, mm. untrusting, very like potentially self-sabotaging and holding men to fairly unrealistic standards of like um, like exactly they must exactly meet certain criteria or mm. um, behave in very particular ways with how they communicate and stuff and not just actually in – not just be in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it's it's almost robotic in that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got these you've got this corpus of rules that they must abide by. And if they break yeah. the rules, then like relationship equals over. Yeah. And and yeah, that's so I guess one of my other cons- like concerns, this was my main criticism of it, other than the kind of negative valence, was was uh, a lot of it's very prescriptive. And sometimes yeah. I think that prescriptions, I I would prefer to take, like these days when I think about prescriptions, whether it's like how to do certain things in engineering, how to live a good life, I'm very suspicious of people giving how-tos and prescriptions because what mm. they're doing is they're giving you a pre-baked solution to a problem in your life, but they don't necessarily they don't have the resolution or the nuance on your particular situation to really give a pre-baked um solution so i think with the caveat that if you're reading this and you actually wanted advice as a woman and that it's probably a a worthwhile read it's probably worth reading Mm. um but maybe just take the prescriptions with a grain of salt and just like you know not take them as edicts handed down from Mount Sinai about, about like the way you must robotically um, engage in real and just think, okay, well, this person's saying like, you know, you know, say like with the with the texting back, like how responsively are they texting back? Like, is it a problem that they're taking two days to text me back? Maybe it is, you know, like maybe they're not really that engaged. Maybe there's a legitimate reason. Maybe they're, you know, maybe mm, you're mm. trying to date a vet, like a, not a veteran, like a person who's 
like in the army or something and they've been deployed for the last two days yeah. so there's a pretty good reason for it but um but if they're just hanging out and they could have texted back in the last two days yeah maybe you should think twice about it and so all those prescriptions i think just run them through a bit of a filter and that would be my only main methodological criticism yeah actually to that point it probably also depends on where you are in you know in a relationship or where you are mm. with respect to an ended relationship because very soon after a relationship ends particularly if it's with someone who's who's toxic mm. and if you're the sort of person who's who maybe needs to be told some of these things from FDS it's like yep you actually you can and should have higher standards yep you should avoid these these types of men things like that Prescriptions might actually be really helpful for someone freshly mm. out of a really dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. In that it just That's it a good takes point. some of the, like, mm. you probably have so little emotional bandwidth. Mm. Mm. But if you've, if you've, say, just left someone who was emotionally or physically abusive, you've just had to upend your life to get away from a really, really bad situation. And you probably have so little bandwidth to be considering, say, each uh, case of interacting with a man. Um, w- with with the context that maybe once you've gotten back on your feet, you should be a- applying to it. In that case, having limited options, sort of this robotic decision tree, mm. might be really useful. I would I would double down on that. I actually think yeah. So <laughs> this is Levi's flip flopping here. I think that's a very good point. Oh, I've, I've flip. It's like <laughs> we're talking about this out loud. Like this is actually good to talk about because. They're talking about real problems here and offering yeah. a lot of the time actually useful solutions. So it's it's good yeah. to talk about. No, so so, so like I, I think like emotional bandwidth is a good way to put it or emotional capacity. If if a person's fresh out of a relationship or if they've been out of a relationship for a while and they're just getting back into dating, having some prescriptions mm. as a starting point or like to like remove the um uh, to minimize the amount of energy that the person has to expend on trying to figure out these things. Yeah, I, I would say that, that's a reasonable thing to say. Like, that's useful. Uh, there's a recent incident with um, domestic violence in my family and where, we, where I had to help out a female member of my family, um, like, get out of a, domestic, a fairly serious domestic violence situation. And in the acute phase of, like, dealing with that situation, like, we did just have to tell her, like, you need to get out, like, do this, do that, do that, like, go to the mm. doctor, et cetera. And we kind of had to essentially hold her hand and execute those things somewhat algorithmically and just remove, like, the judgment from it because, like, you don't have judgment, right? Like, you, you're, like, you're very compromised emotionally. Like, we love you. Like, just trust us to, like, help you get through, like, the next couple of weeks. And we're making decisions on your behalf. Like, when you feel up to making decisions, like obviously go ahead and tell us and like start taking more control. But like in like if you're like spending all day crying and you're gonna miss your doctor's appointment, like maybe just let us like help you along for a bit. <laughs> so like sometimes it is helpful if somebody's emotionally compromised these prescriptions. And I think that's like good Yeah. That's a good point that you raise. And a lot of these women who are going to FDS are definitely in acute if you look into their comment sections and stuff, you can see like they're acutely going through mm. phases of emotional stress. 
Yeah. And while- So, uh, more comparisons with Red Pill. It's like Red Pill, you don't end up on FDS if, 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 if things are going really, really well in your relationships. Like, these places yeah. exist for people who are, who are not happy with where their romantic lives are. It's- <laughs> There's, there is a lot less self-sabotage here than on Red Pill. There's still a little also, bit of self-sabotage, but not nearly there, as bad. There's still self-sabotage. <laughs> I, one other big distinction between this and Red Pill, though, is I would say Red Pill, if... Red Pill, I'd say, like, the shallow level is useful information for guys with non-existent self-esteem. It's like, yep, mm, dress well, mm, go mm. to the gym... See your friends mm, more, you'll start feeling better and more confident naturally, and that'll make you more successful with women. That stuff, yeah, fine. Make That's your bed in the morning. Have a plan for your life. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's like red red pill, once you get deeper, starts advocating for things that I think do in many situations just make you more dangerous to other people. And more dangerous to yourself. Whereas with female dating strategy, where it where it runs into problems, I feel like it's more it's like it's going to hurt you, the person enacting these things. I don't think it makes you a danger to others, like the really yeah. hardcore red pill stuff. Yeah, that's does. actually a really interesting point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that, some of the that red makes pill me stuff much, is- much more sympathetic to FDS than red pill. Yeah, because some of the red pill stuff, I mean, especially once it gets into atomic black pill, <laughs> all that sort of crazy shit. Oh, black pill's, the, black pill's different again. <laughs> the, like, depth of incel like communities. I red, in, in the <laughs> ranking, like, female dating strategy, when you're looking at the balance of good advice to self-sabotage to harming others, FDS is way, way out ahead of the other two. Largely decent advice. Largely decent advice. It's just, it also depends on, like we were saying earlier, where you are in your life. Immediately after finishing a toxic, you know, a toxic relationship, or just a relationship you weren't happy with, or if you're in the, the algorithmic like approach, is probably actually beneficial. I'd mm. say it's like the more you get back on your feet, probably the less that red flag approach is going to help, and mm. you probably should mm. be considering situations less algorithmically. But even then, like if you have if you have dog shit self esteem, maybe this approach does actually help. So it really depends on the person. Whereas, whereas like negging women is just never like <laughs> no, you're just a piece of shit if you do that. that that's it's just that's just not a good thing to do. It's just a negative thing to do. <laughs> you just I have yeah, this advice for myself. Unpleasant. Advice for myself that I used to. I I don't really need it as much anymore. Um, I I used to say to myself the acts of confidence come before the feelings of confidence. So I'd say that to myself whenever I was yeah. feeling like uh, there's this challenge that I want to try to overcome but i don't feel as though i can do it think okay acts of confidence first feelings of confidence later um and with the self like insofar as it applies to this if you were a really low self-esteem woman maybe you've had some bad relationship experiences in the past and you still don't feel as though you're say like worthy of having a healthy relationship with a guy who cares about you and loves you and treats you well if that's you, maybe it's better to ignore your feelings and just act as though you are somebody who's worthy of having mm, mm. A, a, a healthy, respectful relationship. Just act that way, and then eventually your feelings will come around to it. <laughs> eventually, like yeah. your, your feelings will line up with your actions, um, and you should follow some some prescriptions. 
Yeah. And it's also if you if your feelings have consistently led you into really bad relationships, maybe actually behaving according to the FDS algorithm will be beneficial. And in doing that, you can slowly learn how to approach these situations in a in a more context specific way. It might be yeah. a way to to get you on your feet. Yeah, with and that's a really good. I mean, I know we've spoken about domestic violence and stuff. That's just something I've been dealing with recently. As so, like as Jack knows, but it's, all, it's also really it. relevant to FDS. It's really because, relevant. Like, like yeah, I imagine most people here aren't dealing with domestic violence, just shitty relationships. But yeah, they do bring it up, and I'm sure there are people on FDS who are there because they're trying to deal with domestic violence. So FDS like addresses the entire gambit, the entire spectrum of. Mm. issues of toxicity that could be anything from just like a fuck boy who's just sleeping around and you've got a crush on him and you're being too like needy and like knock it off mm. sister mm. you're worth more than that you know like don't you know stroke his ego all the way to like rape and domestic violence and like child sexual abuse and stuff like that's the, the full gambit the full range of topics that they're addressing which is like essentially toxic relationships with men can span for women can span all the way from like fairly minor stuff dealing with a fuckboy, and you know like you're 21 years old and you just got to learn how to like put them in their fucking corner, and then all the way to like you know yeah. maybe somebody's married married to somebody who's like highly abusive. Um, and the other thing is like, um, yeah, and I, and I think like with 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 that sort of stuff, like it's it's it is really it's really positive that there's a space on the internet where those women, you know, notwithstanding that all the caveats we've said about rabbit holing and that sort of stuff, but like that there is a place where women Mm -hmm. who might be like quite isolated, um, like if they haven't spoken to anybody or they don't have support network or their support network has, their their apparent support network hasn't actually been supportive, then for them to find an online community with other women who are like, you know, backing them up essentially. um, Mm. I think it's like that's a really positive thing. I mean, it's d- domestic violence and abuse can be unbelievably isolating. I think overall, FDS is is a positive community. Or like, it depends what you mean by positive. It's like it's negative yeah. in that they tend to focus on the negative aspects. We'll talk about high and low value men, but they very much yeah. focus on low value men. But yeah. it is it's positive. Yeah, like you were saying, that there is a place where it can be talked about. And with the rabbit hole caveat, like, yeah, that's a big caveat, but that's basically a caveat for the internet. Yeah. It's not really an FDS-specific problem. No. The rabbit and hole I would imagine can that basically like, happen with anything. That the ideal situation, and I think this is reflective of what's, what's in the book, is that a woman who's had bad relationships with men learns how to have good relationships with men and then ends up, mm. because they're very much in the, like, tract of- wanting to get towards stable, long-term monogamous relationships with men that are healthy and respectful. Mm. So their goal is actually to have good relationships with men, but they're very yeah, focused yeah. on like the, the very, the very problem focused. I am at, I think is how I'd put it. They're very like focused yeah. on the negative aspects of it. And there wasn't as much that came, th- there was a little bit, but it just wasn't nearly as like prevalent. Like, okay, well, what does it actually mean to have a healthy relationship? How can you have an ongoing like? How, if your guy is not very good at communicating, like, how can you bridge that conversation with them or whatever? Like, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. Is that like again? Is that fundamentally a problem with FDS or more mm-hmm. the responsibility of the person 
reading it. I'm not probably more the person's responsibility. Like FDS is like oh, it's it's a tool. It's a it's a way to yeah yeah one way that people try to improve their relationships, and it's one that's very much focused on harm reduction. Yeah, and, and so if people you know like maybe that's people they, are aware you know, like, of that. That's not when they interact yeah. with FDS. Then, like you know, they're fine. Is that that's what that's what this tool does? Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe you know, like I'm not a woman, so um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe from their point of view, they'd, they'd just be like, "Yeah, well, some there needs to be a space for that." <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, sure, we don't provide those sorts of aspects. To it. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe we should go to the FDF's website and like check it out. Maybe they've evolved um, since writing this book. Anyways. Should we talk about uh, a queen? <laughs> yeah, I love this queen. This is like uh, this is so much like my sisters would probably like <laughs> being a queen. What are some of the characteristics of being a queen? Or should we talk about a different topic first? What do you reckon? We can start. It's like there are basic. There are a, a cluster of basic ideas that if if listeners know roughly what they mean then they'll have a good idea of the the fds mindset yeah. so one, one of the key concepts with, is yeah, queen. with being a queen it's with being a queen it's basically like being confident and successful and having standards yeah and it's kind of it's also like, like a, a, it's an attitude <laughs> and it's an yeah. attitude of not taking it's an crap. abundance mindset an abundance mindset yeah it's very self-healthy it's like let's run um, low time preference the Bitcoin mindset. <laughs> it's that it's that sound money mindset, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so and, um, this this part this is just sensible advice. And so like if someone has really low self-esteem and hasn't heard these ideas before, this will be really useful. Or if someone has heard these ideas before but feels like shit for for whatever reason, this is also useful to hear. So I I don't really have any problem with the queen energy. The one that like, I really it sounds liked. kind of funny, but I think it's and that's one of the things where I thought like yeah this is but, girls but again it's like to, this is girls trying to back up girls right so they're going to use whatever yeah they it's like, they say, you're a queen it's sensible advice that I yeah. don't really have any problem with yeah one piece of advice that they did give or I don't know if it's advice exactly but thing they try to encourage is assertiveness and yep. um I, I think not all women. Um, I could definitely think of a few women that you and I know who are extremely assertive, Jack. But but I think like um, no, I married one. But <laughs> Jack's Jack's wife is extremely assertive <laughs> in a, in an extremely healthy way. Um, and and uh, but a lot of women, I think, and I, you know, I think that's why this whole girl boss movement and um, uh, this conversation around like uh. The stuff in careers, like so, with with my partner, I sometimes maybe encourage her, or I feel as though I'm encouraging. Maybe I'm being a little bit too like over the top about it, but I feel as though, like, hey, um, in the workplace or whatever, it's good to be self-assertive and stick up for yourself, and that it doesn't necessarily come naturally to a lot of women as much as it does for men, um, and so in a relationship to have a community of women saying like assertiveness, self-assertiveness is really important. You need to be able to like set your own boundaries, stick to them. And if somebody is not respecting your boundaries, the one that they said, they said boundaries and body, B and B, 
Mm-hmm. That I put down in my notes boundaries and body. If somebody doesn't respect your boundaries, or somebody doesn't respect your body, then like you need to um, stick to those boundaries and demand respect for your your body and your boundaries. I thought that was really good. That was one of the key parts of, yeah. of being a queen, a woman who knows her boundaries with her emotions, her body, her sexuality, and 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 so forth. I thought that was good. Yeah, and I think another big part of queen energy is that. At least Modern Medusa, the author of this particular article, and basically every other person posting on FDS talking about queen energy emphasises or really reinforces that you shouldn't derive your sense of self-worth from the man you're currently seeing or from a man whom you're considering becoming emotionally involved with, particularly if he's inclined to try to use use that to manipulate you. So in... In this, they mm. all, they'll talk about mm. Mm. common PUA tactics, for example, and how to defend against them. Like telling Fuck, people, okay, so this good. is what negging is. I fucking this love is what that negging is. This is how to deal with it. Yeah, I actually want and them stuff, to expand stuff like that too. It's like, okay, this is this is good advice. This is practical advice. This is useful advice. I actually can we can we zone in on that really quickly? Like, okay, yeah, of course. FDS first. Like, I, I, I have no sympathy for people who do things like that. I think you're a shithead if you if you know you just try to insult people to make them feel feel the need to impress you to sleep with you. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's really a shitty bad. thing to do. Um, so, but I want more FDS first red pill. I want them to expand. I actually I actively encourage Moira Spice to pick this project back up. And go and expand the section on like FDS versus red pill or FDS versus PUA tactics. Um, because, you know, like there's some parts of PUA which is basically like analogous to some of this. It's just like self confidence and like dress properly and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but some of it is just straight up manipulation. And some of it's awful. Like, can I read one part? I didn't even, you know, we yeah, read that yeah. PUA book and I didn't know that this was a tactic. But they called out, they have a, a chapter on, um, uh, it's, so the the section section 11, anti-red pill guide, they've got a chapter on negging, which everybody knows what negging is. It's just being mm. like backhand. They also talked about dread as well. And they I think dread is a really, really awful tactic. Dread. I didn't even know this was- a- Yeah, I, I, do, I was aware of dread. I didn't dread know. So I'm going to read it out. So dread, dread. So, um, dread is putting the fear in your significant other that you have options and opportunities other than you. And they actually linked a particular, um, a particular website, um, which talks specifically, oh yeah, the 12 levels of dread from the red pill Mm. that's actually on the redarchive.com. Um, and it's quote unquote the rules for long term relationships. And they say dread is putting the fear or dread in your wife that you have other opportunities and other options rather than being chained to her whims. They hate it, or at least they will tell you they hate it. But women are irresistibly attracted to men who have options. This is well known as quote secondary selection or quote pre selection bias. And uh, there's a whole bunch of levels to it. Uh, level one is. Um, passing shit tests, but then level 12 is like, tell your wife that you, they call it thermonuclear, tell your wife that you have a girlfriend so you won't be bothering her for sex any longer unless she wants it because you would never deny your wife something that she wants and needs. Then when she blows up, blows up, leave for the entire night, come back the next day or file for divorce. By this time, you would probably be welcome, you would probably welcome the loss of this shrewish frigid woman. That is just, 
such such horrendous. So particularly if you have you're a made fucking sociopath, that's a, what you are. Vow to <laughs> what the fuck in 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 marriage? It's like you you have taken on that responsibility to to stick with them. It's you honor that. But this is and treating you your you're a piece of shit. This is treating your wife as like the target of like some psyop. This is treating someone that you've made you've made a commitment to to support and stick by. As you're, like as you're, like you're your throwing enemy. a temper tantrum because you can't you can't communicate your emotions well enough to her to have have a relationship that you want. It's but also telling that like- they they justify it by saying, "Oh well, women are irresistibly attracted to men <sighs> with options," and I would say. There, no, but there is a lot of truth to that. So, yeah, sure. People yeah. like people who are obviously desired by others. Like, I think there's a large mimetic component to attraction. Like, yeah, that's... I won't dispute that. I will actually. I'll. It's it's a combination of there are certain things that are just attractive generally. Like, if someone is really funny or really smart or really successful or really good looking, like. If one person is attracted to that, then likely a lot of people are going to be attracted to it. There's also the mimetic component that if people see someone is is attractive to others, yeah. they're likely to then find that attractive mimetically. Now, I don't dispute that aspect. They just draw yeah. the complete wrong conclusions from it. So if your wife doesn't see you as being attractive to other people, maybe it's because you're not attractive to other people. Like, Maybe it's because you're the type of person who uses that dread tactics that don't involve emotionally abusing your wife. It's like, well, maybe you're a schlub who's out of shape. Okay, go to the gym. Maybe you're not very charismatic. Okay, maybe practice by talking to other people. It's <laughs> I know the, how the, hard the, that can the, be the beginning of of like them talking about this. I think is actually correct. It's just instead of improving themselves, they act like shitheads and start emotionally abusing. A, a person that they, they married made a commitment to. Or that they're trying to get with. So it's it's like yeah. um it's like it's it's like the exact opposite. Okay, so if if there was a little bit of self-sabotage you kind of you know not being trustworthy or being trusting in FDS, it's like the red pill stuff is just complete self-sabotage. <laughs> They've just gone, how do I blow well, I up think, and destroy it- a relationship? A key difference between the two is that when FDS self-sabotages, like it's, it's context-dependent. It oftentimes seems to be, I would say, okay, in the case of a woman who is, who's not freshly out of a relationship or something mm. like that, so she's, she has much more emotional bandwidth. I think there are certain self-sabotage parts of, of FDS where if that woman were to robotically follow like the list of red flags and stuff like that she'll mm. prob- she could well just completely fumble potential relationships with mm. po- possibly high value men like that's a possibility yeah. but yeah the f- the fallout yeah. of that is is going to be on her like she's going to miss out on a, a relationship that she mm. might have liked mm. the thing with with red pill is it it hurts others like Dreading the, is the literally real, hurting. The real else. fuck up parts of red pill are going to hurt other people a lot, and that's that's why I or one one of the reasons why I would say FDS is a much healthier yeah, community yeah, and sure. mindset than red pill. So I I back I back Moira Spice on this one in terms of like expanding the section of the book about anti red pill stuff. So they had only nagging mm. and dreading, and I think women need to be aware of. 
fuck. Like, um, could you imagine being in a relationship and you you suspect that your partner is using this dreading tactic on you? Oh man, I would be like getting a mm. a uh, like a police order intervention order against them or something. I'd be like, "Not, nah, we're done here," uh, and I'm moving out. Um, that's like that's completely sociopathic. Um, so I'm sure there's other red pill tactics like that they could so put in there. When you talk so talking about expanding the red pill section, I think that'd be useful. But yeah. it is interesting to note that. Red pill looms large in the background of much of this handbook, and I think, true. yeah, like yeah, true, like with a lot true. of other aspects, it's because this is this is a very online community, and at least at least previously, it when it was all on Reddit and much more active on Reddit rather than on its own website, hmm. there was a lot of interaction between it and the red. Pill oh yeah, winner, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, pretty like sure, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's other. banned now, and you can. You can really see in a lot of these articles, they're often responding to red pill stuff. It's a very like online argument between two online communities because they'll also use a lot of red pill terminology. Oh, right. Okay. Say spinning plates to mean like a guy who's having sex with a lot of women at the same time. Yeah. That sort of thing. So it's, it's at least implicitly very much a response to a lot of red pill stuff. Now, in terms mm, of- mm. I guess the question then is how prevalent is red pill in real life? So on Reddit, at least when it existed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That's a good point. It, it was it was definitely there because they're they're but very do, noisy. Do, it's I like, like there's red nothing pill, a red pill person likes more than to tell you that they're into to red pill. No, no. Here's the thing. I'm going to disagree and, with you on that one, Jack. I think that like red mm-hmm. pill. Okay, I can think of one dude of all the dudes I know who would like explicitly just he doesn't care. He'd just say that. I, I like red pill stuff, you know, but he's mm. just mm. he's just very out there. He doesn't give a shit. Um, but I think for most dudes, if they were getting into red pill, they would know to keep it, keep their lips tight, and they it would be one of those mm. things where That's they'd true. like they would hint at it, and then they would see how you respond, and if you're responding like potentially positive, or open, they would like open up event. It, it would take them a little bit of like having to open up and test to see in the conversation that it's something that they could talk about. And then they would come out, oh, yeah, actually, like, I've been reading, like, Red Pill or whatever. Like, did you know this about women? Mm. Did you know that about evolutionary psychology or whatever? And it would be, for a lot of men, it would fall into that sort of category of things. Is my suspicion. That's what I think. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, like, my my perspective on this too is... Like, I, there's probably a bunch of stuff I'm missing out on because, like, for, for listeners who don't know, I got married really young and I'm still I'm still married to the same person. Got married when I was 21. So it's like I just missed – I haven't dated in so long. I didn't date for that long. So there is this huge part of the world that I, I never really interacted with, never done online dating. And did you have any, so, like – A lot of this like, I'm observing from the outside. Did you Did you have many – long-term or like even multi-month relationships before your wife or like multi-month yes but it's you know it's it's like teenager long-term not proper long-term yeah yeah so you've been out of the game for a while and i've been out of the game for (laughs) i I think if you tried to dread your wife she'd just break you (laughs) yeah i mean 
Probably the the encouraging thing is I think that thought is repulsive. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you have a very healthy, very good relationship. It's great. Um, keep on doing that. <laughs> don't don't take. Yeah. So it's also it's also a caveat with any of my comments on this that like I, I haven't dated in so long. Yeah, and uh, mm, I've been dating more recently. So, but yeah, like my current partner and I have been at this point together for. I don't know, I guess like a couple of years, I suppose. Um, a few years now. Yeah, been. I know it's a little bit different with my partner because we've been friends for like 10 years or whatever. So we've known each other for a long time. Then we started mm. dating and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, like you could say like, like at least a few years ago I was dating. So it's a little bit closer than Jack. Yeah. So, okay. So the section on establishing queen energy, do you have much more to add beyond? Like a, a lot of this is pretty good advice. Like this, this is... Oh, yeah. sensible. It's I like, think it's fine. Yeah. Have standards. Don't let men emotionally manipulate you if they're trying to emotionally manipulate you, particularly into sex. Be aware of how at least online pickup artist communities will try to teach men to emotionally manipulate you, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think the only issue with that is like, no, there's two. Th- okay, there's two things. The first thing is if you're being emotionally manipulated, in- manipulated and they're good at being manipulative it would be hard to pick up like isn't that the nature of manipulation mm. that it's kind of um subversive so i think with all these things yeah i guess they'll they'll pick up the really crude like almost yeah. like the canned negging it's like oh yeah. your hair's looking good but your roots are showing that sort of <laughs> really really like ham-fisted attempts at negging like yeah you'll you, you pick up on that but you're right. If someone's a real fucking sociopath, then you might not pick up on it. But I assume, I, okay, so th- this is what I think they uh, maybe fell down is there is actually some practical advice that I'd give to like somebody that might be reading FDS. would be like, if you're, um, if people who you think really genuinely care about you, say like close friends or family, come to you and raise concerns about the health of your relationship with your significant other or a person that you've been recently dating. Um, you should maybe not just take the, like, you know, obviously think for yourself, but don't dismiss what they're saying. Cause if you think that they care about you, then they might be genuinely mm. raising mm. like real things that you're maybe blind to. And so, um, yeah. So maybe like using other people as your, manipulator detectors is is kind of like a practical thing that that's a really good point yeah so like your friends might come to you and say like oh yeah like i've got some concerns about i've got this one friend who had a really bad relationship with a, a guy who ended up becoming like financially abusive and stuff and her sister said to her earlier on in the relationship raised concerns about this and my friend i'll call her stacy my friend stacy like ignored her sister's mm. um concerns and just kept and it just got worse and worse and you know like okay you got to use your own judgment but like stacy's sister really does care like does care and has got has is very perceptive and can like read people really well and was on the fucking money with this dude so like i don't know like Mm -hmm. yeah um listen to the people who care about you and then the other thing is like standards what are high standards you know like have high standards that somewhat depends on the girl and they do the you know the person who's setting the standards and they do kind of talk about this a fair bit so maybe we can talk about standards yeah so yeah and we can we can tie that into high and low value men because those yeah. two things go together 
So they do have a part in the book where they say, like, to some degree, you've got to make, you've got to decide for yourself what high standards is. But roughly mm. speaking, and that's good advice. It's like actually concretely think through. It's like, what do I want from a relationship? Yeah, what do I want from a relationship? What does a high value man mean for me? What's so one thing might be, for example, like what are the broad categories like attractiveness, physical attractiveness, um, emotional maturity and stability, financial stability or wealth, um, like and relationship history as well. So those would be some of the broad things. You know, an obvious one would be people think, okay, are they are FDS just saying like you know, you should only date wealthy people, date wealthy men. And they address that. They say, no, for you, you know, you might have a different standard of what wealth means, what financial stability means, but they should at least be financially responsible and preferably they should earn more than you. Yeah. So that for for various like fairly practical reasons um, around being able to support a family yeah. or sort of stuff or support a relationship. Um, <clears throat> and, but, you know, like say a, a woman who's, a high earning lawyer, you know, what is financial financially up to her standard might be different to say a woman who's a nurse and earns a lot less than say the lawyer. Mm. And so the woman who's a nurse who's earning under eighty thousand dollars a year, you know, what it means for a man to be up to her financial standard might be very different to the lawyer who's earning two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. And that's fine. Yeah. To that it it's ve- them talking about how much money a man should earn is one of the things where the different authors of the different articles diverge yeah. quite a lot. Because some of them say things that I think are much more sensible in that it's, so how much money the man is earning, A, should be considered in context, you know, what do you personally want? What field is he working in? And then how above that, more importantly, is how financially responsible is he? So he might not be earning much, but he's also not racking up massive debts and spending. Yeah, so they talk a lot like about that. debt, which is very important. Those yeah, sort of things, really I think, are fairly sensible. sensible. Some some of the people who posted articles that that were then compiled into the female dating strategy handbook basically say, like, no, he should earn a lot more than you. He should just be he should be very wealthy, and you should screen men who aren't very wealthy. And I think if you're like, I can understand that sensitivity, particularly if you're coming out of a relationship, say, where you were financially abused, so where you were earning most of the money and he was just spending it stupidly or something like that, or you were very financially distressed. It's probably, if you're in the stage of a relationship or leaving a relationship where you just don't have the emotional bandwidth, that might be a helpful rule to follow. But I would say definitely the the people who talk more about being financially responsible rather than just being really wealthy, uh, probably giving better advice. Yeah. Also, just mathematically, if you have a whole bunch of women going out there and they're all saying like, we're only going to date the top 1%. It's like, well, there's only so many of those dudes (laughs) by definition. (laughs) You're going to have a hard time. There's going to be a lot of competition. But I disagree with them strongly about this. I think they should just go around fin-doming people. Mm. <laughs> they should just be t- jacking dudes' credit cards <laughs> and buying. Go buy yourself a nice dinner, queen. <laughs> yeah, the part about men, how men should always pay for the date is, it's I think one of the places where I heard about FDS first, that people complaining that, oh, you have these feminazis on the internet who are insisting that men have to pay for everything. Um, 
the reality of it when you actually read what they're saying rather than just re- reading hearsay about it is is much more sensible. So it's like they seem they've got their thing about how men should pay for dates, and that just seems to be like FDS. It's just like it's just one of their things. They all just like that. Men paying for dates, I just don't have particularly strong feelings about it. Like if I were dating and a woman really wanted me to pay, it's like fine. It's not it's not saying I'll lose sleepover. But that was that was actually one of the most prominent things I heard said about FDS. It's like, oh, they're the people who just want men to pay for the dates all the time. Yeah. I, I kind of I probably flip-flop on this a little bit myself. I think I would say I'm just kind of ambivalent. Like, I think if if it actually just doesn't worry me that much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think like as um as I've gotten older, to me being able to pay for a date is something that I like to do. So mm. it's not it's not really like a it's not a combative like if if I you know. In the future, maybe when I'm doing even better financially, I would just, you know, like, okay, if I could, I'd just pay for the stuff for the people around me just out of wanting to. And if you're able to Mm. um, live a life where you're abundant enough, where you can pay for your date or, like, take your family out for dinner and not worry about it and just tell them, don't worry about it, you know, like... That sounds like a really good thing to me. That just sounds like, oh, you're you're doing well and you're able yeah. to like generatively. It's just generous. Um, and that's like a good place to be coming from. But like realistically, if you're 19 years old, you're working a minimum wage job or you're a university student, like maybe don't take girls out to really expensive dinners. Maybe just like stick to your, like within your means. But if you have the capacity, like it's nice to pay. It's nice to be, mm. to have somebody pay for it. Like what's the big deal? I know it seems like much ado about nothing. And if you have the capacity to pay for another person, it's like it. I'm just kind of ambivalent. Yeah, it is also again just from my life experiences. Like I've shared finances with my wife for such a long time that, like, no matter which of us pay, <laughs> you're, you're both money. essentially paying, right? So, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just not something I thought about for a really long yeah. time. But it and okay, so that brings us to another point about the context. I would say of this entire movement and this particular book is. It's really oriented towards like early stage relationships and dating. So the, I don't know yeah, any, yeah, yeah. except for some of the stuff around like. Or even before that, like before you get into a relationship. It's not really. that. I'm sure you could pull out some quotes in it where it would apply across different stages of a relationship. You know, like some of the stuff around, you know, not, not accepting like abuse or whatever. Yeah, you could say that at any stage of a relationship. But mm. for the most part, it's really oriented towards. Women who are dating, actively dating, just recently got out of a relationship and or in early stages of their relationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And so, I don't know. I don't think it's that big a deal. Like, if you want a guy, if you're you're in the first, like, three to six months of a relationship and your expectation is that the guy pays for at least some if not most of the dates or all of the dates whatever your standard is and the guy that you're dating doesn't meet that standard then maybe you should yeah sure end the relationship because he's not up to your standard but also just understand that like not everybody sees this world the same way as you and like these days like a lot of men expect Mm. not just um just to be paying for everything 
maybe they will for a bit, but like if you're still together, it's tw- two years and it's just like you're essentially just like expecting a free ride off the other person. I know it's probably not the usual standard expectation these days. Maybe it was 50 years mm. ago or something. My point was it's like in people, people not on FDS talking about FDS, this seems to almost be the thing that, that they is get really brought upset up. about. And I just, <laughs> yeah, people get really, really upset about it. It's, I, I actually don't care. I, I would imagine that also it does filter out a lot of dudes. Like if a guy is so like, yeah, he, um, so, so tight that like on the first date, first, first date, he's like, no, <laughs> we're going to split it. Maybe, you know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's fine missing it <laughs> missing that opportunity <laughs> with that guy <laughs> maybe there are guys out there that are willing to like pay for that, that ties back to one of the one of the one of the points that's regularly made the that most men aren't relationship material and so it's better to be very selective than not very selective because particularly when you're younger like you you can get lots of dates pretty easily if you're a woman yeah yeah dick is in high supply Incredibly high supply. There's yeah, essentially yeah, infinite supply of dick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should let's talk about high and low value men yeah. because that that'll just keep coming up. Very basically, like high value men are. So most of the time, it's just talked about as if it's almost this, like there's a universal category of high high value men. In a few articles, they they'll acknowledge that high value is in the eye of the beholder. But yeah. a high value man is a man that 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 will commit to you. Is a nice person. Is financially responsible. It's 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 the stuff you think about when you think of a happy, committed, stable relationship. Like that's that's a high value man, HVM. <laughs> and a low value man is is like not that. There are there are many more categories of low value man. There are many more paths to low valuedom than to being high value. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they basically say like, there's such an oversupply of low value men and relatively few high value men that you can afford to just like screen, screen really hard. I think that's a really good strategy. I'm pro screening. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think that's, that's screen the fuck out of everybody. It's, in your it's life. just true. Screen the fuck out. Of, not just, not just the men you're dating, screen your friends. Become a monk. <laughs> screen out all of society and culture. Screen out everything except for the book club from hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a book trick. You're listening to two high value men right now. <laughs> yeah, so all you need is to develop a parasocial relationship with these two HVMs. <laughs> screen out all your other parasocial relationships so that you only have us. We we are your family now. No, no, screen out your other social relationships too. You don't We're your family those. now. Jack and Levi. Join our Discord. Um, Talk to us there. There was this interesting article um, by Master of the Barcarts. I don't know what a barcart is, but whatever. They're the master of it. Where they talk about the difference between LVM and low VM. Uh, high, sorry, LVM and HVM, low value male and high value male. Mm. And sometimes you have NVM. No value. No value. Fucked if you're NVM. 
Someone who's taken the atomic black No, pill. Th- couldn't there even be like the opposite? There could be like low value men, no value men. Negative, negative value. value. Like, yeah, men who, if they come into your life, they will actively fuck things up. There's definitely those sorts of people. Mm, I call mm. them- um, yeah, yeah, they yeah, exist. I call them balls of chaos. Some people, you know, you know, when you get around these sorts of people, <laughs> they will just they just come into people's lives and they'll just fuck shit up. They're violent, yeah. they're unstable, yeah. they're completely financially irresponsible, whatever the you know, different flavors of this. And I me personally, I have just said fuck that. Like I just don't even tolerate it. I've moved all the way to fucking Tasmania. I'm not even on mainland yeah. Australia to get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, back to this. LVM can pretend LVM can pretend to be a HVM. A low value male can pretend to be a high value male, but um there are always subtle differences in the way they do things. So the the example that this article draws is like, okay, say like a high value like they could do the same act, but the way in which they're doing that act um, conveys whether or not they're LVM or HVM. So, for example, if they're going out to dinner, you, you say you've planned a dinner date and mm. you're hanging out with your friends before the dinner date, a low-value male is going to be like uncomfortable with you hanging out with your friends, might pressure you with time, and then when you get to the meal, like they might be crutchety because of whatever reason and then and then like when they pay for it, they might pay for it, so they're still – they're doing the act of paying for the meal, but then they might make some underhanded comment about like how much it costs or whatever, you know. So they're kind of doing it begrudgingly. So obviously, it's obviously them. They're not really. They're not. They're they're doing the acts, but they don't have the underlying character of a high. Whereas when a high value male, so it takes you out, like organizes a date with you, and so like you're hanging out with your friends, they're going to encourage you. So I get, go have fun. I enjoy, like, let me know when you want me to pick you up. We'll go get there early or whatever. And then when they pay for the meal, they, you know, they're, they're nice about it. They don't make an issue out of it. They just pay for it. And, um, and you can just enjoy yourself and they're comfortable with that. And I, I get what they're saying. So one of the few things I wrote here that stood out to me was that the high value male has self-esteem. So in things like they're comfortable with you yeah. hanging out and spending time with your friends, they have empathy. So for example, they're encouraging you to have fun um, rather than being raining on your parade. Um, they show initiatives. So like with housework, um, it's not so a low value male can do the housework, but they'll like be they'll have a little fucking tantrum about it. They'll ask you, you need to for instructions. Anything. You know they might not do a very good job of it. Whereas a high value male will just do it, and maybe they'll ask you. Mm-hmm for some help or whatever but that they just do it that they'll get it done they're not going to like complain about it um and they take the initiative and the other part that i said that the note that i took on myself is that a high value male cares they genuinely say for example the example they gave was like spending time with family so like a low value male will kind of begrudgingly spend time with your fa- family like might say all the issues that they have or whatever or might just be crutchy when they're spending time with your family whereas um a high value male like genuinely wants to spend time with your family and is open to it and you know cares about your family like they care about their own family and i think this is a very interesting point that they made that when they were talking a lot about prescriptions and almost mechanical behaviors that you could look at but it's not just the mechanical behaviors it's like paying for food or like coming and spending time with the family it's also the way they show up 
Yeah, many of the behaviours that trace back to being a high-value male are... You've almost got two levels. So the outer level that's important but less important are things like, yeah, he's got to have... He's got to have initiative in his life outside of his relationship. So he's got to care about his work. He's got to care about his friends or have an interesting social life. He's got to have hobbies. He's got to care about the world around him. But most importantly is he has to, if it's been a longer-term relationship, love you. And respect and, you. Or if you've just met him, he needs to have the, yeah, the potential to care about you deeply. It's just such a reasonable thing and to it's ask like, for. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. I have absolutely no problem with that. That's 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 not only fine. It's like yeah, you should be looking for that. That sounds like a good thing. That's yeah. that's almost the thing you should be looking. In for. fact, okay. So I want to flag right here. Red flag. <laughs> Red flag for our audience. Red that flag. Not once. <laughs> at least that I maybe I didn't notice. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. But not once did these authors. Use the word alpha male. <laughs> no, thank And God, that's a no, very important distinction between red pill and FDS that we need to draw here. Is that F, like, sorry, red pill mm. and PUA people are walking around in their own little bubble, this evolutionary psychology nonsense, this stuff around like peacocking and negging and needing to be an alpha male. And it's all these dudes saying this crap to one another. And then if you actually go over and read, something like the FDS handbook or read women's perspective, they never once talk about wanting some like big alpha fucking jock that's going to like come in and like jackhammer you and then like, <laughs> like they're not they're mm. not talking. They're just saying like, is he respectful? Does he help out with stuff around the, the house without complaining? Does he actually like hanging out with your family? Like does he treat you with love and care? Yeah. <laughs> like, and will he commit? Will he commit to you? Very basic. <laughs> and the women are not. Walking around saying like you got to yeah. you got to get yourself an alpha male woman. Uh, sorry, you got to find yourself a big strong alpha Chad queen. <laughs> yeah, getting out the calipers to measure his body fat percentage and things like that. No, not once did they talk about calipers or like no. jaw lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's this mewing routine? Like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure, like, obviously, you know, like it's kind of one of those things. That you don't. Why does it? Why does it need to be that big a deal? Of course, a woman wants to date somebody that they find attractive. That's just a no shit sort of thing. Yeah. So it 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 varied with these articles, but the the main thrust of what they talk about when they talk about finding someone attractive is like attractive to you. So it's almost like you deserve to date someone whom you find attractive. And who, and they're not going to be prescriptive about what that attractiveness is, but you've got to find them attractive. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. Like, I'm not going to argue with that. And who actually wants to be in a a, a committed relationship where they care about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so reasonable. So this, the stuff about high value and low value males, it seems like it seems like it's it's phrased in a slightly inflammatory way. <laughs> Which I wouldn't. To, I'm to, not going to fault almost them. Almost to feel that. like okay, yeah, we've got a sense of power because we've got access to this almost hidden knowledge about you know the way the world really is, and like that, that's fine. Like if it encourages people to, like to to seek out men who will commit to them and be nice to them, it's like, yeah, 
fine. Like, call it what you want. I don't particularly care. And I, I think that, yeah, I guess, you know, maybe maybe saying low value, high value is maybe callous or inflammatory. But also, they're on Reddit and they're kind of getting into arguments with the red pill stuff. Like, who cares? Like, they can be inflammatory if they want. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, there's, there's a bit of a disconnect, not yeah. a complete disconnect, but a bit of a disconnect between, I alluded to this earlier, like how stridently people on FDS will name things or discuss things in in how relationships or dating works that they don't like where where it, it can seem unkind or callous or man-hating in some of the the angrier examples but there, there's a disconnect between that and then what they're actually talking about and much of the time what they're actually talking about is okay how can we find a relationship with a person that makes us happy makes us feel loved that supports us and, and it's like yeah that like this is all good stuff. That's that's fine. I think an easy not an sorry, this is not an easy. None of this is easy because sometimes relationships, you know, you're dealing with other people and sometimes there can be complexities. Yeah. But um a fairly sensible question, if you're genuinely looking for a relationship, or you at least you're open to having a relationship, you should be asking, is this man, if you're a woman, obviously, um, is this man the sort of person that I would like to spend a significant amount of my time around for potentially 10 years or more who I might want to have children with? And if you can legitimately say like, yes, he's a caring person. He cares about his friends and his family. I think he'll care about his kids. He's financially responsible and we get along well and we have similar interests or whatever, so we can spend time together. Those are like good signs. And if if it's like, oh well, mm. he drinks a lot, and he was really like he used to, he said he used to hit his ex or whatever, or he hinted that he maybe like you know those are pretty like okay maybe this guy's not the sort of person that you want to spend ten years around <laughs> mm. and raise kids with. Yeah, and yeah, actually yeah. asking yourself that explicit question early on. In a relationship, it's probably a health healthy thing to do. Yeah, and the bit about setting out like w- what you want from a relationship and why you find why you're interested in a particular man, those are those are just useful. Those are useful things, I imagine. Yeah, and I don't want to be callous about it, but I kind of think that like this recent experience with the domestic violence stuff in my family, I actually do think that like low value man. I would, I would. <laughs> so I have very bad feelings towards this person. So I just say, like, straight up fucking loser, mm. like, loser piece of shit. Like, and sometimes you maybe need, mm-hmm. you're like, sometimes you need, you need somebody in your life who'll call a spade a spade and will actually just tell you, like, yeah. this person is fucking toxic for you and is like, they, they are completely toxic and you need them out of out of your life. <laughs> and maybe yeah. FDS has actually done that for a lot of women, both sounds of it. Yeah, well, like with well, like what we were saying before, with how in some cases approaching these sort of things very algorithmically can be of value. So mm. like, I think there is a greater spread of human beings than, you know, this binary high and low value. Yeah. But if you're the sort of person who who is coming to this subreddit now website looking for advice because you maybe haven't had the sort of success in in romantic life as you would like, mm. then maybe a really really basic heuristic like that 
is useful, at least in the period when you're learning mm. how to basically evaluate or screen men, mm. then it's, mm. it is useful. Mm. And having a snappy, eye-catching, sort of emotionally yeah. charged man, <laughs> like high-value and low-value man, like that, that works. He's a that loser. gets your attention. He's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I think that's fine. Yeah. Y- yeah, I don't really find it objectionable. I, I went into this thinking anyway, that those, a lot those categories are really stuff. important. And those basic in every article on this, basically, you're going to hear them talking about high and low value men. And that's that's the distinction. It's basically like, is this the sort of man that will make me happy long term? Yeah. It's really weird to think that. That's not something that people think about, but. Yeah, I guess you never know the context of where people are coming from in life. One of the things that I do think they did miss out on in this book was addressing hmm. stages of life and or and and or age issues. So, like uh, a high value yeah. man to a thirty year old woman who wants to date other who wants to date men in the sort of roughly her age group, like is very different to a twenty year old woman who wants to date a high value man in her age group because mm. like essentially like very few 20 year old dudes 21 year old dudes have their shit together but i'd say that like a dude could yeah. be high value at 20 or 21 without necessarily like having a stable job or whatever if he's showing that he's like building himself so you know like if he's at uni or he's got a job and he's working hard at it and he, you know he's not high income earner now or whatever but like he's got a he's got like a vision for his life and he's pursuing it and i think those sorts of adjustments need to be made so if you're a 21 year old woman and you want to date another like a a a man or a young man who's like 21 you should not be looking at necessarily like where he is right now but the way in which he's living his life is he the sort of person who's building towards uh, mm. ha- having a good life he's got a good foundation that he's building on yeah i think that's that's very sensible whereas like obviously if you're dating a 30 year old you expect him to have a bit more of his shit together <laughs> if, yeah, even yeah, though at definitely. 30 i still don't feel like i have my shit together <laughs> <laughs> certainly feel better than when i was 20 yeah like marginally <laughs> <laughs> So long as there's growth. <laughs> yeah. So long as it's moving in the right direction. Uh, 1% growth now. per year is still exponential. <laughs> so um, other major topics, were there other major ones? Anti-fuckboy. Do you want to talk about fuckboys? Yeah, sure. So they're, they're just guys who won't commit to you, who are, use, who are trying to have sex with you. And... A lot of articles talk about how to deal with fuckboys. Um, yeah, it's, that's not, not unreasonable. A lot of the advice they regularly give about waiting before having sex with a man or really thinking about why you want to have sex with him, they're like, fine. Yeah. I actually think, so here's my hot take. I actually think dudes should read this. I, I don't think this is just something I would recommend mm. to women to read i think young men in their 20s or late teens should read this because it might be a fucking like bit of a bit of water on the face for um like 
is Levi coming clean. A few years ago, I was a bit of a fuckboy and I'm not proud of it. I was, I was sleeping around and stuff. And um, I would say like at the time, just because I was, uh, it's just, just stupid, <laughs> 25, 26 years old, um, that like I wasn't really considering the impact that I was having on like the women I was dating. And because of that, like, well, one of the key things that I think is like a sign of maturity is as you, well, hopefully you do it younger, but like you consider the impact that you're having on others. And really like if somebody had given me something like the FDS parts on fuckboys when I was 25 and I maybe read it, maybe I wouldn't have been open to reading it at the time, but like reading it, you just think, okay, well, this is, this is the other side of the story. This is, this is the women who have mm. been on the risk. it's obviously causing distress. It's, it's causing distress. And um, even if it's not like, um, you know, like extreme forms of abuse, like physical abuse or whatever, but even just having an interaction where like you're having casual sex, Jordan Peterson put it really well. And part of the reason why I snapped out of my <laughs> sort of fuckboyish phase um, was he said like, Jordan Peterson like said, if you're having casual sex, you're also permitting the other person to treat you like you are the sort of like you're you're willing to be treated as a casual sex partner, like that it goes both ways, and so if you're wanting to go around having casual sex, like is that really how you want other people to treat you? And also, like, think through the consequences of, like, the way that you're treating the other person. Like, in the most extreme forms, you're essentially just treating the other person as, like, a, like a, a masturbatory device. Like, you know, like, they just happen yeah. to be the person yeah. who would come and get a drink with you. <laughs> and so you're going to fuck them. Well, that's not a particularly, like, kind way to treat the other person. And also, that's not necessarily, like, a kind way for you to, like, allow yourself to be treated. <laughs> yeah. and so i think for a lot of dudes who maybe think that because of the red pill or pua stuff that is actually like an emotionally healthy way to like interact with women reading this sort of stuff from the women's woman's perspective i think could potentially be healthy um yeah i don't know like, i know you didn't have your fuck boy yeah phase, that's a very good so, point like, <laughs> i don't know how much you can relate but <laughs> well that's but that, that's also just temperamental in the, i I just really like monogamy. I just like being in a stable relationship. <laughs> I really don't enjoy like casual sex and partying and things like that. So that that's also just me. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So I guess there's that as well. I also don't want to tell people how to live their life. I, I just think like um Well, I mean, you're not telling them how to live their life. You're just saying that how you live your life has an impact yeah, on others. Yeah. And that's a really important lesson to learn and you may you know maybe like um some of the women that i slept with were just like looking for just friends with benefits or whatever and they didn't care like i definitely know at least one of the girls was she was just mm. like didn't give a shit about me but when i realized i was like oh, okay well she doesn't yeah. care uh, i was like oh well that doesn't feel very nice <laughs> <laughs> now i'm not in <laughs> yeah so i don't know yeah uh, I guess that actually yeah. brings up something that quite a few people in um in this handbook talk about. And I was interested to hear your your opinion on it. So their strategy of dating quite a few men at the same time yeah. and seeing which ones look like they're going to be high value or not. Because again, this is probably temperamental. So 
if I were seeing a woman and I knew that she was dating like two or three other men, I I would consider that really disrespectful and I'd stop seeing her. Yeah, I would. Um, it would depend on whether or not she was transparent about it. Mm. So if like on the first date, she's like, I'm seeing some other men at the moment. I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily mind um, as long as like it was also clear that I could also see other women. So there wasn't that sort of asymmetry. Mm. But if it was like we're dating and then it's like three months after we've been dating or something, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing other dudes or whatever. It's like, hold up. <laughs> well, you probably should yeah. have told me about that like like up front or whatever, you know, like, um, yeah. So I think. I think it, it somewhat depends on like how transparent they are from the beginning. Because if you said at the beginning on the first date or the second date, like, hey, I'm seeing other people, I want to keep on seeing other people until I'm sort of more serious about it. That's mm. one thing because then you, at that point, you can make that decision for yourself. Like, yes, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm going to keep on seeing you. Um, or no, I'm not comfortable with that. I only want to see one person at a time and I want the other person that I'm seeing to only be seeing one person at a time. And you can have that conversation with them. <clears throat> but if it's not transparent and stuff and then you find out later and stuff, I could totally understand why you just be like, this is disrespectful, we're done. Yeah. And I guess it all it again, because this is this is not a book written by a single author. This is a compilation of different people's opinions. Yeah. Of course, unified to a large extent, both because it's on the same uh subreddit or website, and also it's been curated by one person. So there there will be there will be central themes. But so some of the people talk about how, and they do, unfortunately, some of them buy into the evolutionary psychology stuff. yeah. How, you know, you've got to, tr- you've got to trigger the male mate-guarding instinct. Ugh. And so even if you're not dating other people, you just tell him that you're seeing a bunch of other people. I genuinely think that we should, like, to get, him get interested. A, like a full-blown evolutionary psychology book on this podcast. Like, pick one that is, mm. like, like, by Gadsard mm. or something like that and just, like, eviscerate it because I just I dislike evolutionary psychology so much <laughs> or certain aspects of it. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a sort of it, – it can propose things that might be true. It's just the theories it proposes are very easily varied, which means it's like, yeah, maybe they're true, but it's actually really hard to tell. And so I'm not going to categorically say if they're they're right or wrong. It's just a big question mark. Yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to say that they're categorically wrong. But that's a different oh, really? conversation for a different episode. Um, so, anyways, like, yeah, um, I uh, I getting back to what I was saying. Like, I came of age in ter- like we both came of age in our twenties, mostly for the most part. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. in our early to mid twenties in Melbourne. Australia, which is like, and then when I had my, I had my first big relationship was just like a domestic relationship, five years, something like that. And then we separated. And then, so I actually spent my early twenties in a committed monogamous relationship. And then I spent my mid twenties sort of like being single and like being an idiot at times. Um, And, but in Melbourne and Melbourne for everybody, like, Melbourne, especially the inner north of Melbourne, is like extremely socially progressive. Like the LGBTI mm. community is very open. It's very like open accepting um, city for the most part um, compared to lots of other parts of the world. Like very secular, very like 
um, lots of different like cultures and all that sort of stuff, global sort of city. But also like there's a party scene and there's festivals and there's like sex parties and all this sort of shit. So it's all and like Field or previously Thrinder, um, this like polyamorous dating app was like one of the first cities that really like got off in. It was like Melbourne, you know, it was like San Francisco, Portland, and Melbourne or something like that. Um, and and <laughs> it does, yeah. And so like Melbourne is like hyper progressive, and definitely you can have um, a lot more of these like alternative lifestyles and relationship structures in a place like Melbourne. Um, whereas like, I imagine that for a lot of people, they don't live in those sorts of cities. So they might live in a more traditional, like smaller community or just a city in a part of the world where it's like, I mean, even if you went to Perth or something in Australia, you just wouldn't have the sort of stuff that you see in Melbourne. Um, so yeah, it's very hedonistic parts of Melbourne as well. So yeah. Yeah. Which itself I think makes, can make people quite unhappy too, but that that's sort of a different problem to what is FDS trying to address. Yeah, in some ways, like FDS might be trying to address that problem in that, at least in the FDS handbook, they're not talking about oh how do I get into a stable polycule. No, they specifically like say they're it very much is about like okay how do I find a stable monogamous relationship with a man. They say specifically that they're against polyamory in one part of the book. Polyamory and BDSM, they really don't like BDSM. BDSM. They don't like BDSM. Actually, maybe we could talk about that. That's really interesting. They had an interesting take on that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, this is going to be so, like, I've never been part of the BDSM community. I, I, I don't know what it's like. So, I'm not, I, I just don't really have anything to add beyond uh, what FDS talk about with respect to BDSM. The things they say about it, like it, it makes intuitive sense, or at least you know it doesn't seem obviously like something that just couldn't be the case. But again, it, like I don't know really anything about BDSM. Yeah, sorry, I was just grabbing a glass of water. Sorry. Oh no worries. Oh sorry. When I, I get up like, from the computer, I, was just saying, I, I actually don't have all that much to add. I know so okay. little about BDSM. Well, one of the things okay, well, like, so I can I found. I know, I know roughly what it is. It's just I don't know the community because I've never been part of it. Yeah, it's a weird thing to call a community. I suppose, I suppose some people might. I guess, I guess I don't. I'm not engaged enough in BDSM to like to know enough about <laughs> it. I guess, I guess there could be community aspects to it. There is a BDSM. There's a BDSM website. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but I'm sure you can find these things online. Um, All right, so. How about we take a break? We both go to a BDSM party, <laughs> work out what it's like, then we can come back and finish the episode. Um, no, the, th the thing is that I found interesting about their point of view was basically like the way it interacted with what they call porn sickness and how like- Yeah, and that like that's a real problem. Limp dick and porn they, sick. Like they're addressing something real here. Really interesting. So like firstly, porn sickness is just like you've been- um, just go gooning too much, you filthy fucker. <laughs> in your little goon cave. I don't even think you need to be gooning. I, like <laughs> regularly consuming pornography is not good for you. And then <laughs> it's just an unhealthy thing. <laughs> and then in particular, I guess porn sick could be anything from like, um, like you're unable to get, maintain or finish an erection with your 
a three-dimensional physical partner in real time <laughs> because you're so desensitized like just, or whatever. <laughs> people should not be able to, should not be distinguishing between 2D and 3D girls. And the fact that some do that. Your, your three-dimensional. An indictment on our fallen civilization. <laughs> degenerate civilization. Physical, um, non-generative <laughs> AI, like actual human. Um, and... I guess it could also extend not necessarily to like its effect on your um, sexual potency, but also like your expectations of women and like in sex. So mm. like wanting a girl to basically be a porn star, you know, like all sorts of things that you could see in porn and then bringing that to just like your, 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 um, your girlfriend or whatever. And they're saying just, just expecting that, expecting it, or like, yeah, just expecting that a normal woman is going to be fine for anal whenever, or be like into choking or something like that, which like very few people. Or, are. or yeah, I mean, like you could just like the laundry list of all the potential sexual acts, like. Um, but I, I would just say, like, just more generally, like having expectations of sex, even if it's just completely vanilla sex, like you just shouldn't expect. You being in a relationship with somebody else, or going on a date, does not entitle you to to any part of their body whatsoever. <laughs> it's just, just to me, it's like it's even yeah. more black and white yeah. than that. <laughs> Levi coming out with the spicy, hot <laughs> spicy hot take. Just like if you go out on a date with somebody, you, that does not entitle you to fucking touch their hand, let alone put your dick inside them. Like that, all is contingent on them their full participation and consent. And that extends from kissing to sex to like any BDSM stuff. <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. Like maybe maybe other people have different opinions on, but to me that's pretty yeah. black and white. And it's it's just applying the same principle of BDSM. So like to me at least, where I disagree with them is like they talk about a lot of stuff to do with like um stuff that's degrading to women. And I think that's fair enough. Like say some mm. of the hardcore BDSM stuff where it's like a man being in a dom role doing stuff to a woman could be degrading. Um, but one thing that I sort of found interesting was like they didn't account that there's actually reverse. Like there are there's femdom. <laughs> like and they didn't talk about like what if what if a girl wants to dress yeah. up in latex and like crush some balls? <laughs> like- uh, in in this case though, so I'll I'll white knight for for FDS yeah. here. At least, like, if we're talking about the same article, I'm pretty sure the article was specifically about avoiding men who are doms in BDSM. Yeah, it was. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't address, like... So, like, they, they were specifically talking about But that, they didn't yeah. talk about the... There are aspects of... There are variations on BDSM where the woman could be in an extremely dominant role. Like, they didn't say anything about that. Mm. But, yeah, I, I think, like, I wonder... No. I wonder, like, if a woman... Or a man has some sort of sexual fetish where it's like it's degrading or something like that. Like, I guess I don't know anything about sexual psychology. So to me, it's just an open question of like, is that a problem? Is that a problem? <laughs> Make it up. Or is like, if they can experience that consensually with a, a partner they trust and it's, and it's like they've got safe words and all that sort of stuff, like, why is that an issue between two consenting adults um, if it doesn't hurt anybody else? And, they have a trusting relationship. To me, BDSM actually puts an extremely high level of trust demand on 
the participants. Um, where it's like in in their their my my guess is that they would say something like okay, the sort of man who is into being a dom, you've got to be really careful around because maybe he does it because he likes degrading, degrading women. women or dominating women. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I. So maybe like uh, yeah, maybe I wouldn't put it as categorically as at least yeah the author of that one article here about BDSM did yeah maybe yeah maybe like trying to read that article through that lens more generously it's it's a warning yeah yeah I think yeah I think that's right like when you're getting into a relationship with a guy who's into being a dom to me yeah the categoricalness of it I could imagine a guy being a dom. But also, like, having a high degree of, like, well... Of not hating not women. women. I guess so. But I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking through it. Like, from their perspective, I suppose, like, maybe that's just indicative of, like, a man who just inherently has this issues with women. Which I can... I guess I can understand, given the context of what the rest of the rest of it. Yeah. And I get, like, your point about the categorical... Or not liking the categorical nature of it. That's probably a... A fairly broad criticism of much of this handbook mm. that we talked about earlier. That you know, maybe at some stages in your life, that that categorical aspect is useful, mm. and at other times, it's it's less useful. Yeah, like I definitely think you know, like if you're like a fifty year old woman and you've been doing BDSM stuff for like twenty years or something with your husband, like whether it's dom or femdom or whatever, like I mean, that's the privacy of your own house, like and. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm. Kind, I guess I'm kind of ambivalent. Yeah, but again, I really. Yeah. I. I read that article specifically about if you are getting into a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Be careful if the man is is into being a dom before you you get committed to. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. And it's like yeah, in, in that limited case, then yeah, it it does make sense if they're saying, oh, okay, just be aware of yeah. this. I guess. Yeah. Fair enough. If I'm if I'm reading it very generously. I think that's fair enough. I, uh, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay. I think that's fair enough. Um, what about? Uh, are there any other major? There, are, there are a lot of specific instances that it's fun that I'd be happy to talk about. I found the article "Why Men Telling You You'll Max Out at Thirty Is Their Biggest Cope." I found that yeah. one quite. Do funny. you want to talk about it? That felt very much like a direct response to Red Pill. Because a bunch of red pill things talk about how when women hit thirty, they suddenly stop being desirable, and they have they just like have no use in a relationship anymore. That like, they'll stop being able to attract men as soon as they hit thirty, because all men will only want to date like nubile eighteen-year-olds, supple, which like <laughs> nubile, yeah. Useful. Which from from like the red pill perspective is just. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think that is actually just where red pill is just straight up misogynistic. <laughs> it's like you've just said, yeah, women over the age of 30 are just- <laughs> Not unusual for red pill. Like that is just, yeah. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> yeah. And it, like between between that and the FDS response to it, like the FDS response to it, I can't, like this is one person. Her response to it also felt- Kinda silly. It was like, no, actually, all men look like shit after thirty, but all women look great after thirty, because all women take really good care of their bodies, and all men don't. And so, actually, I reckon, 
the majority of people after 30 don't look good. Most people don't take care of themselves to the point, like, for various reasons. Like most of the time it's not laziness. A lot of the time it is like you're just exhausted after work and so you can't be bothered preparing food or thinking about that too much or you can't be bothered going to the gym. But like most people are kind of falling apart after 30. <laughs> this is an everyone problem. I uh, I think I, I look better now than I did when I was younger. I'd say like there was a period of time where I was really into running when I was about 28 where I think I like peaked. But if I can just get my fitness back to there, I think I actually look better. Like, I like the way I look as I get older. I was too baby-faced when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm certainly less self-conscious about my looks now. I don't, it's just like with this sort of stuff. Again, it's like I just don't have to worry about it as much because I haven't <laughs> been like, actively looking for a partner for such a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's not a game that you have to worry about. There is actually like significant benefits to finding a a healthy long-term relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> really a, nice. <laughs> a very large number of significant benefits. Um yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think like if a person looks good at th- so one of my issues with younger people is like w- with like them being attractive is just because of their youth they can still appear attractive even though like they've got very bad lifestyles. And because of that, you actually have Mm. this accrual of like unhealthiness, which will catch up with them eventually. And so. Oh yeah. When, when you're 30, you have the face you deserve. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) From personal experience, like you do fuck all when you're 18 and you look fine. When you're 30, you you have to work for it. When you get to thirty, like, you have the you, face. You can look good when you're thirty. It's just you're you're going to be dedicating time to it. That's so funny. That was vicious. Um, yeah, yeah, it catches up to you eventually. And yeah, when you're younger, you can get away with a lot of a lot of bad decisions. And just because your body is just you've got such a high metabolism and you still got like this nice cell division like capacity. <laughs> You'll still be. You can go through three nights yeah. in a row down to like some filthy nightclub, taking MD all weekend, and then like wake up on Monday looking like fresh as a daisy. <laughs> not not once you get to thirty, yeah. mate. So it, I think both both the red pill and this particular FDS article talking about the hit, hitting the wall at thirty are both kind of cope. It's like the red pill perspective that a man can do fuck all for his health. And past 30, he'll still have tons of options. He'll still have tons of, of 20-year-old women, beautiful 20-year-olds throwing themselves at him is, is cope. As a 30-year-old this man particular, doesn't have tons of 20-year-old women throwing themselves at him, I can categorically say that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lying to my whole life. Damn it, I was waiting for this day when I turned 30 and all of a sudden there'd just be like rows of, of hot 20-year-old women lining up at my door. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> They lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, you've lived for 10 years longer than I have. I can't wait to have sex with you. <laughs> yeah. But then it, the, 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 the FDS response to that also feels kind of like cope. It's like, oh, by virtue of the fact that I'm a woman, I categorically do take care of my health and will look great at 30. And so the, the, the reality is much more boring. It's like everyone has to work. Yeah. Entropy will fuck you. Entropy will get you eventually. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, let's put it this way. We're in a war with entropy and we will lose this war. But you can at least do your best to like not just wave, wave the white flag. Look good on the way out. Look good on the way out. Don't don't go gentle into that night, into that dark night. All right. So like you're gonna lose this battle. <laughs> um don't lose it in your early twenties. Like it's just gonna suck by the time you get to your thirties. <laughs> like keep it up as long as you can. Yeah, it's it's way easier to maintain than to try to reverse oh, things. It's way easier to maintain. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to get back into running at the moment after having quite a bit of time off and like yeah, it's it's um it's nice to be running again, but it's so much harder to like get that initial fitness than like to build on a foundation of fitness that's already there. Um, one interesting thing that I wanted to talk to you about was um, how are you going for energy, by the way? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm all good. Okay, cool. Um, I was just flicking through my notes. I'm, okay, I'm cool. listening. Okay, sweet. Um, so what's the difference? Like, let's have a real chat. And I know you've been out of the game for a while now, so- no. You can take an impartial <laughs> for a long time. outside. So I've been married for almost ten years now. I thought it was ten years, wasn't it? No, it was. No, it was nine, 20, maybe, 2014. Ten years in July. Yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. At, you're gonna have an anniversary it's celebration. Just fucked how much time has gone? That's so past. cool. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you guys have like an anniversary celebration in Australia, if you happen to still be in Australia, like let me know. I'd love to come. You guys should. Ten years is a great landmark. Um. Yeah, she wants to renew our vows. Oh, that's it's fucking a, that's, the ten year that's adorable. Yeah, do it. That would be, nice. be really nice. Well, if you do something, I'd love to come. Um, so, anyways, uh, uh, yeah, like the difference between men and women with regards to this um, oversupply of dicks. You know, like one of the things that the mm. the female dating strategy talks about, and I think the red pill sort of talk about, but in slightly different ways, is that women, generally speaking have more innate optionality. It's just the 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 nature of gender oh, dynamics yeah, yeah. is such that um if you're a woman like you can afford to be more selective. Guys will generally try to go and approach you essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't think that girls so when um when I've seen women in my life, young women especially, I think this really applies more to young women. Um, I kind of think like, why are you getting hung up on this guy? It's just like you could definitely, like, you don't have to settle for this shit. <laughs> like, there's so many options. Like, you dump this guy, go out tonight, and you'll have another dude. Like, <laughs> like you're yeah. so hung up on guys. Um, I think it's good that the FDS is trying to like get them out of that mindset of being fixated on a particular dude. Mm. And with FDS talking about that, I'd. I'd say yes, but, and how much of this is a valid criticism, how much isn't, I guess, is is to what extent you view FDS as the final word on dating and how much of it you view as a way to get people back on their feet. And if you view it as a way to get people back on their feet, then this, this, is, this is just not a valid criticism. Mm, yeah. But if you view it as sort of a way to date or have relationships with men in general, which at least some of the people posting seem to think it is, then I think this is a more valid criticism. So if 
a woman is just looking to have sex, then absolutely. Like, they have way more options than men. Most women can go out tonight or, like, now. And just walk out on the street have sex very quickly. Like if they are, yeah, yeah. If they, just if they're dicks not will st- no, being disembodied dicks whatsoever. will just like not even men, just dicks will yeah, just start yeah, like gravitating. <laughs> a predator drone will just fire a missile at you. <laughs> a dick-shaped missile, cruising altitude. <laughs> but if if you're looking for a long-term relationship. There is there's less abundance. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So from my yeah. personal experience, most most of the good people that you really will want to date have paired off by like your mid twenties. It's not to say there are none. Mm. Like there are still definitely mm. people you would want to date after that. But like most of that abundance does go away. Those people do pair off fairly young. Yeah. And so mm. there there is more pre- more time pressure. Mm. And less abundance for for the for FDS's stated aim of finding like a guy to commit to you. Mm. Then I think a lot of these articles really let on. I think they're getting confused between going out and just having casual sex with a stranger, which yep, for women, if you're willing to, very easy. With with a long term relationship where there there is less abundance, I think that's a really good point. They almost need to have two versions of this book. One for just like dating, mm. friends with benefits or whatever. Or like not necessarily two versions of the book, but just like every now and then have a like a distinction between, okay, are you really looking for that long-term relationship or are you looking for just like casual stuff? Because yeah, 100% chicks, yeah. no issues. Like any day of the week um, can go out and get laid. But yeah, getting laid is not really – and I think, yeah, as you said, like these – FDS isn't necessarily talking about just getting laid. They're talking about like having sustainable, healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I think that is a it's a consistent problem I've seen with these articles where mm. in this particular instance they seem to forget this distinction between going out and having casual sex and having a committed relationship, which I talk about extensively elsewhere. Because the fact that women can easily have casual sex, I just don't think is that that relevant for for the search for a stable partner unless you're just wanting to have casual sex. Yeah. And my sense as well, just in general, is um, a lot of women just don't seem to be as interested as casual sex. Obviously, that there's always exceptions to this. Yeah. Like I do have female friends who have casual sex and stuff. But for the most part, it definitely seems to be much more men. There's this asymmetry where men are much more yeah. interested in casual sex. Well, men have a lot less to lose. Like, I've never been a pregnancy risk, for example. Like, that's just not something I've had to think about happening in my own body. It is yeah. also just when like, men are just way stronger than women on the whole. Like, just larger animals. And so there, there's just more more danger involved yeah. for, for women than for men. Yeah. But yeah, for, for a bunch of reasons, men are just much more interested in casual sex. Yeah. I learned about this idea of a pick me, pick me girl, or a pick Misha. Oh, pick me or pick Misha. Yeah, pick Misha. A pick Misha is a woman who wants the attention of the opposite sex, or the same sex, I suppose, if they're if they're uh, a lesbian. 
so badly. Yeah, but like FDS is is specifically for heterosexual about, like, heterosexual yeah. relationships. So in the case of heterosexual, a woman who wants the attention of men so badly that she will throw her fellow woman under the bus. Uh, it's a form of internalized misogyny. Uh, and it usually <laughs> says uh, she usually starts her sentence with, I'm not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was interesting because I didn't know there was this dynamic between between women that this was a thing that existed. Yeah, I, I didn't really know that either. It's also a question of how much does this translate into non-online life? Non-Reddit speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, of course, yeah, you have someone who spends time on FDS will be walking around and will be categorising people <laughs> yeah, within this framework of, like, LVMs, HVMs, pick Mishas and Queens, et cetera, et cetera. To what extent this dynamic exists? It just sounds, when you actually say it out loud, without FDS is, I, I'm not sure. To what extent it exists and FDS is just naming it and systematising it? Mm. Maybe that's the case. It's just, it's just the idea that there's, I don't know, how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of women potentially walking around with this schema in their head of like, She's a Pikmisha. She's a queen. I'm a queen. Used to be a Pikmisha. That guy's an LVM. That guy's HVM. <laughs> it's just, it's really weird. I suppose it's language yeah, yeah, to like yeah. name stuff that you see. But it also crosses over into this. I, it's just, it's just so hard to resist the urge to start describing this in Spengler <laughs> terms. Talking Do it. about their mathematization. <laughs> forming, forming the nature of this, this schema, <laughs> this actualization of, of dividing up history into categories like pick and queens, <laughs> the stuttering last gasps of the Faustian soul. Um, what other, do I have any other specific ones that I want to talk about that I found interesting? I don't, like, there are plenty of particular articles we could talk about. I just don't think any of them are bringing up new things that we haven't talked about in the past, you know, two hours, 20 minutes or something. Yeah, there was a particular chapter called, uh, I'll go to it, it's called uh, To Those That Call Us Entitled Princesses. Yeah, that's that's a good one, actually, because a, a criticism I've heard is that, yeah, that FDS, that FDS encourages women to have unreasonably high standards and they'll never have a happy relationship if they adhere to these unreasonable standards for men and uh, yeah, entitled princesses. And I don't really buy that criticism. Yeah. Given that most of most of their like entitlement talk is basically, oh, I want a man to be committed to me, to be kind, to be financially responsible. Yeah. Which is not it's not high maintenance. Like if as a dude you hear that and you go, oh no, she's she's too much work, then <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be dating. Yeah, and so that that particular chapter I thought was good because they just addressed a lot of those criticisms. Um, and I would say if if you were going to read the book um, or you didn't really want to read the whole book but you're just going to read bits of it, I'd say, like, that chapter is worth reading because um, they basically say, like, yeah, addressing that they think there's these asymmetries with the way that women are treated in relationships, heterosexual relationships, and that they're basically just trying to, like, even the playing field with all these issues and, like, give women some, like, tools 
to do with them. Yeah. I don't have all that much more to say about FDS. Well, I do have more to say. I'll just be repeating myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think we covered all the major stuff. Um, maybe we should move yeah. on to like concluding. I'd recommend this book actually. Like it's free. I, it's not hard to read. Can I? Can, I enjoyed myself. I reckon it's, you don't have to read the whole thing, but flicking through it, yeah, I think it's valuable. They're, they've got their ideology. Maybe I'll quickly read their ideology, their dot points for their ideology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for that. Uh, there's eight point or six points to the ideology. One is be a high value woman uh, or a queen, as we've sort of discussed. Uh, number two is if a man isn't chasing you, he's not that into you. Um, so things like don't chase him and all that sort of stuff. Three is most straight men are not relationship material for you. Number four is as a woman, as women, we have the responsibility to be ruthless in our evaluation of men. So just like filtering, that sort of stuff. Uh, number five is do not have sex before commitment has been established if you're looking for a relationship or before he has demonstrated value and investment if you're looking for friends with benefit. And number six was generous men are non-negotiable. And I think that means like emotionally generous, but also things like sexually generous and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's f- f- just, from those six if points. That's, if that's of, the core of FDS, yeah. it's like you're fine. Like, it, like all the other stuff basically is meat on the bones of those those six principles. Mm, mm. Um, and I, yeah, as I said, I didn't really yeah. go in with, um, I wasn't exactly friendly going in because I thought it was going to be red pill stuff, just the reverse. But turns out I was wrong. I went in sympathetic because I thought it would be a lot of emotionally wounded people. Mm. And yeah, it, it is. It is that, but they're also, they're also offering practical advice that, you know, subject to the caveats we've we've mentioned a few times is is useful. So yeah, I I actually think that so, yeah, reading I, it was I'd a good thing. This. I enjoyed reading. It. It's also much better to read than the PUA stuff that we read a while back. Oh yeah, there, despite the fact that this is this is a this is a curated selection of Reddit posts, I'm pretty sure the spelling and punctuation is a lot better than published PUA. Yeah, books. they edited it properly. It was nice. It was decent to read. Um, and yeah, it's kind of interesting to see a book made in this style. Like it's like this community compilation book. That was interesting as well. I thought the the mode, the modality was yeah. interesting. I do like that if you have a a very active online community, and FDS is still active. Again, not on Reddit, but yeah, it's it's still a a living community. I do like it when community members will take the time to to produce a document or to collect things that people within the community have made such that outsiders can quickly get up to speed on what that community is about. Mm, mm, mm. I do think that there's a misrepresentation of FDS, though, based on having read this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, when I say there are deep similarities between it and Red Pill, I stand by that, but the similarities are very different from how it's made out to be. That people who say FDS is male is female Red Pill. That's incorrect. In that, you know, it encourages women to act in the same way that Red Pill encourages men to act. That's wrong. I think the similarities are in how emotionally vulnerable mm. the the people involved mm. are. FDS seems to be taking people to a healthier place, though. Like it's 
It's much better than Reddit. At least just purely based on this book, not based on necessarily the subreddit or whatever. Uh, it definitely seems like one of the key asymmetries between the two is that Red Pill is misogynistic, whereas FDS is not misandrist. Yeah. It's extremely low trust, but yeah, not very low trust. Very low trust. And yeah, they talk in generalizations and stuff about men, but whatever. That's a, that's but, what you should expect from a dating advice book. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I, I, I think I've well and truly exhausted all the all the things that we could talk about. I know maybe there's other stuff. Oh, we've yeah. done well. I think we're we're almost at two and a half okay. hours. Well, hopefully we didn't bore you guys and hopefully we weren't too serious. <laughs> Should have to- told more ball stomping jokes. Ball stomping jokes. What are we? We've got wiki for coming up next, I think. Oh, great. We can get all the ball stomping jokes in and there. We'll dive back. <laughs> yeah, when we're talking about furries. We're going to go back to the go back to the furry water, drink deeply. <laughs> god damn it you know it would be like the uh mashup from hell would be urine therapy furries <laughs> just a furry walking around in a piss drenched fur- fur- furry suit <laughs> oh man <laughs> so gross all right well thanks i st- i still have plenty of like prejudices against furries so i imagine at least some of them are doing that non-therapeutically <laughs> it's recreational <laughs> yuck Yuck, so gross, so gross. These <laughs> damp fursuits. They're already damp because they're sweating all the time inside them. Those things are supposed to be really hot. Yeah, well, you're making them damper. I bet, you I bet you those things just stink so bad on the inside, hey? Like one that's a couple of years old. Yuck. You've got to be dedicated. You have to suffer for your art. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. Well, should we sign off? Yeah, thanks, thanks for, listening. for listening.